and welcome to episode 191 of Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always, the man, the myth, Revenge of Buttons, Alessandro Vialsi. Say hello, Al. A 25 years out of date G.I. Jane joke really did that. <laughs> Thank you, David Spade. I didn't realize you were here. <laughs> <laughs> On this week's episode, we have an Oscars recap, Happy Trails, Bruce Willis, House of the Dragon update, a rest in peace in memoriam for Taylor Hawkins. A night out on the town in the UK, and more. All before diving into our flick of the week, Free Guy. But first, Al, what's on tap? Ooh. I, yeah, I, 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 in the, so like, uh, to be, let's let the audience know. I'm not prepared. <laughs> very much, very much not prepared for this episode. It's uh, usually me who comes into an episode wildly unprepared, so this is a nice change of pace. I had, I like, I, I went from having zero time and not thinking that I would be able to get, like, even do the episode tonight to somehow managing to rewatch the movie and yeah. also taking a couple notes. I was trying to read between the lines and, like, is Anthony saying he doesn't have time for the episode at all? Or is he just truly saying, I saw the movie a couple months ago and I would have liked to re-see the movie before yeah. doing it? Because I almost asked you when you texted me, I was going to be like, Listen, man, if you just can't do the episode... <laughs> if you don't can... want to do it, just say that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like... I mean, you've seen it. It wasn't like it was five years ago. It was like right. five months ago. So maybe just read a synopsis. And maybe I'll lead a little bit more of the movie talk than normal. And we'll just kind of go. And you're like, okay, yeah, sure. We'll figure it out. And then you texted me a few hours ago and said... I'm watching the movie. <laughs> well, the thing is, I don't want to half-ass a thing, right? I'd much rather whole-ass it. Sure. And I feel like that requires seeing the movie within within two weeks, preferably one week of doing the show. Sure. Because I like to have it fresh. Mm-hmm. And uh, Especially my... considering we discussed right before we turned on the recording that our note-taking while, like, is wildly variable. Um, and that's between you and me and also just each of us episode to episode. And there isn't a lot of note taking period. And it's really hard to take notes on one viewing. Can you call them notes? Yeah, exactly. And I, I begin to, I start to like get into my head when it comes down to the notes. I'm like, oh, I have to remember that. I have to remember that. I have to remember that. And then I feel like then the show kind of just loses, loses the fun, which is two cousins having a beer, talking about a movie they watched. (laughs) And it's a tough balance to walk. Sometimes a Gary. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a tough balance to walk between having no notes being totally free form and organic and possibly missing things that you really wanted to get to and having notes and it becoming a really rote recitation of the movie yeah. that I feel like is too constrictive and isn't interesting and entertaining most of the time, not all the right. time, but most of the time that, it's tough that to becomes, strike that balance yeah that those those episodes though when we are going through it like almost scene for scene are really good when we're doing them from memory because usually there's a lot of excitement behind <laughs> sure but when it's a movie that we we had just seen yeah it, it it i don't typically find that those are our most like quality episodes that I, we do. I would i would have to so. agree with that uh speaking of quality i feel like this beer is going to be quality I sure hope so. I um I was pretty excited about this because this was one. So this is one of the Arizona beers from my trip to the Grand Canyon last year. Um, I had like I forget it was four or five, six beers, whatever yes, it was. Yes, the Grand Canyon. 
I have like four or five, six beers, whatever it is from uh, Grand Canyon Brewing, I think is what it was. And mm-hmm. we did one of those already, I think. I believe we did. Yeah. Um, well, I know we did one. I couldn't remember if we did two. Um, Prickly Pear? Yes. Yeah. Um, but this is from a different brewery. And I went to one of the restaurants right outside the Grand Canyon in that town there. And this was one of the ones that was like on tap and also in bottle. And so that tends to lead me to believe that it's probably a pretty popular one out there. It was one I had heard of before, which is the second source I would get that it's pretty popular out there. So I think there should be a baseline quality that we should expect. I don't want to promise. I don't want to overpromise under deliver, but I, I feel like this is going to be a pretty solid beer. Yeah. Uh, So this is four peaks brewing company's kilt lifter it's a scottish style and with a name like that (laughs) well i remember i suggested this one several weeks ago and you had not transferred it into the beer fridge and you also made some sort of comment about feeling like i was making an awkward pass at you is that what it was (laughs) i think so (laughs) first off how dare you secondly (laughs) um so this is malted toasty i'm sorry Multi toasted love. I almost just made it multi toasted. Uh, isn't that love. what they called you in high school? I wish. <laughs> um, and I'm multi toasted love. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I do not have the six pack box because this was actually. I don't remember if this is a beer that I bought or a beer that Dominic bought and that I swapped with him one or two of them to get a couple for the show. So I don't have the six pack box otherwise, which would have more interesting stuff on it. Hopefully this bottle doesn't have any fun story or anything like mm. that. It does. it does. It has this one phrase right here that I'm, I'm not familiar with. Maybe you could look it up. It's kit. Niavit five cents. It sounded like you were having a stroke. Mior, Mior, Mior 10 cents. Yeah. Cock curve. Got it. <laughs> uh, I would like to draw your attention to the okay. beer you are holding will remain fresh and fantastic until the date listed below, which is passed. Okay, but in in my defense, <laughs> the date that is passed is much more recent than when we typically have this conversation. That's fair. Because I got this beer in late summer of last year, so it was fresh it when was I bought fresh. it. Yeah. We just haven't got around it's, to it it's, yet. At least it's January 22. Not some of the other ones that have been like <laughs> January nineteen. <laughs> well, that's my point. Is like it was very recent because it was fresh when I bought it, but I bought it amidst a three month hiatus for the show, and we had a backlog of beers to get to before this one. So we should just call it Flicks and an old beer. It's not always true. It's mostly true. It's sometimes true. It's, <laughs> it's true roughly fifty percent of the time. 50% of the time, it's true all the time. <laughs> yes, exactly. You want to try this beer? I do. It looks, before we taste it, though. It looks um, gorgeous. When you, like, when you get a nice stain for a piece of wood, that's, like, I feel like that's, <laughs> when I poured it into the glass, I was like, ooh. Like, when you when you put it on, like, when you're rubbing the stain on for the first time, and, like, you see what it's actually going to become, it's that's, that's what happened. Cheers. Cheers. Sorry, you're sipping it, but I'm just wafting the, the glorious notes of this beer. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's really nice. Oh, yeah. Very, very solid. I think I'm, I'm about I think I properly I think I properly promised and delivered. Really I, solid. I, I would agree. There's some. Um, there's a couple things floating in my glass here. Oh, I have nothing floating in my glass. I have a lot of bottles uh, bottles, a lot of bubbles floating from the bottom to the top of my beer. Um, 
other than that, it's crystal clear. Zero sediment, mm-hmm. zero floaters. Are you caught sure it's not that, your glass? Yeah, caught in that jet stream. There's a couple of little little guys. Are you sure it's not your glass? Because yeah. mine is literally spotless, crystal clear. Yeah, interesting. Now I'm at the interior of your glass. Like, was there sediment in no, the glass? I don't think so. Deposits? Soap deposits from the dishwasher? I hope not. Mm. This is a really tasty beer. It love- sure is. I I like the Scottish style stuff. Like the there's a there's another one I, I can't remember. I feel like, did, did we do? I feel like I can't remember where I had it. I feel like I had a like Gordon Ramsay's restaurant. I don't remember the name of it, but I was just like, I like this. It was ser- it was actually served at room temperature. Hmm. But um, it was delicious. I love a good amber ale. I love a good brown ale. Yeah. Um, this is nice. Ah. You and I, you and I were talking the other day about Scotch ales. Um, mm-hmm. when spoiler alert for later in this episode, we were hanging out the other day. What? <laughs> no, not spoiler alert for you. Spoiler yeah. alert for everyone else. <laughs> That's news to me. <laughs> we spent like eighteen hours together. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The. Uh... Yeah, that was the first time I've hung out with him in a long time. <laughs> oh man. We're going to we're going we're going we're going to get to that. But first this beer. Uh I usually I feel like history of this show I'm known to not like the things that are like I don't know, malt forward, let's say. Mhm. But uh I feel like this is nice and malty and I do love it. And well, because it's not it's not runaway. Like the maltiness is forward but balanced, because mm-hmm. it's not like crazy runaway, super sweet. Um, I it's can not confirm. Syrupy. No, it's smooth. Uh, yes. it has, but it's not syrupy, and I think I that's can, maybe the key. I can confirm it's malty. Mm. I can confirm it's toasted, and I love it for the trifecta. <laughs> I'm going to confirm. I love it. <laughs> Al, I I don't think we need to beat around the bush here. I think this is a four thuckle beer. I've been going back and forth. It's definitely for sure at least three thuckles. Yeah. But minimum, for minimum trace thucks. <laughs> for this style, which can kind of sort of be capped, where like it's not gonna rank amongst the top most excellent, amazing, you know, knock your socks off styles of beer. For its style of beer, I'm willing to go four thuckles on this beer. That, it's an that's, excellent that's representation. Kinda, I feel like that's how how you gotta rate it, right? Because it's like I I the way I think about the four thuckle, the coveted four thuckle slot is Given the style, is this the one that I am immediately going to grab? Yeah, well, I would, I would, to make an analogy to movies, considering this is a movie and beer podcast. Mm. Nailed it. Take, you know, consensus, right? Mm. Safe, safe bets here, right? Yeah. Let's, let's just throw out a movie like The Godfather. Sure. Many people would consider it the greatest movie of all time. Sure. For a drama. Now, consensus, many people would consider Blazing Saddles the greatest comedy of all time. Mm-hmm. They're both tremendous movies. Mm-hmm. Love both movies. You can't compare right. Blazing Saddles to The Godfather. The Godfather has a higher ceiling to where you're going to rate it than Blazing Saddles because the drama has got much more room to be excellent than a comedy. So this being the comedy most excellent can't measure up to say your favorite IPA or some such. Right. I would. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Uh, I will say though. Um, Little, little little tease at what's to come. That that coffee cream, Kentucky bourbon ale, whatever the hell it's called. Coffee the cream K- ale. K- the Kentucky coffee cream barrel, coffee barrel cream, something like that. I uh, that is I I think that's one of my favorite beers. 
It's a great beer. It's so good. I always love what I've had. It's an absolute treat. I've had it probably four or five separate times. I yeah. love it every time. It's ah, great. What a treat. And you get up. you get the added yeah. bonus of Kim loving it too. So. That's right. That's right. My goodness. What a what a treat this one is. Thank you. Thank you for sending this one my way. Al coming in clutch with the case of beer for the show. Literally <laughs> nearly a full case of beer. Well, actually, but when you consider the couple of beers I bought when I was with you, literally mm. a full case of beer mm. that has been contributed to restock Considering we still have like 10-ish beers left over from the last restock. Yeah. We are booked for... Probably the year, right? Well, two-thirds of the next year, right? Yeah, I would think so. 30, 30-something beers out of 15 no, saying, weeks? We're, we're, we're good through the rest of the year. Of this year. Of 2022. Oh, yeah. I'm just talk about, yeah. talking about the next calendar year. 50, 52 sure. weeks. We have yeah. 32 or something beers. Like... Yeah. About two thirds. See you, see you in January. When I see you around Christmas, New Year's time, you can restock me. <laughs> I, I expect fifty-two beers. <laughs> well, let's see. Let's see. We we got we got Easter coming up. Where we yeah. uh, we recently. Can we talk about that for a second? Sure. <laughs> because on I I came down to you on yes. uh, on Sunday for Oscars. We we watched the Oscars at your house. Took off Monday so I could not have to drive home at one in the morning, um, delirious, and then go to work on Smart like move. four Smart hours move. of sleep. Um, drove home Monday, grabbed a, a sweet breakfast sandwich and a, and a coffee on that favorite bagel place of As mine you do. near you, <laughs> right near the exit. Um, drove home, you know, came home to my spoiler alert for consumption. Yes. Consumption. My Xbox series X, which finally nearly so a year good. and a half later arrived. So um, good. but, uh, what a day. Yeah. What no, a day it was a pretty, pretty, pretty solid, lazy Monday mm-hmm. day off day that I had. Um, you know, can I, we just pause there for a second. What blows my mind is that you continue to go to like the worst, like you, I know you haven't tried them around here, but that's like one of the worst bagel stores in the area. Really? Yeah. Which one? The one that you go to by the eggs. Okay. Cause there's two over there. Yeah. The factory is pretty good. Okay. The one that you go to is in the shopping center, right? Mm-hmm. Neither of those are on my list. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll send you to the right place next time. Well, the reason I started going there is because it's right next to the exit. <laughs> sure. I mean, this one, the, the one that we go to is like only like three minutes away. Okay. So. I just know it's in the proper direction where I, when I exit the parking lot, I'm on the highway in 90 seconds. I, I get that. I get that. Um, and in and of itself, it's pretty damn good. I'm not saying that they're on better. I'm not saying it's the greatest in the world. I'm just sure. saying it very much satisfies what, me. What kind of what kind of sandwich are we going with? What, what are you? Uh, ham, egg, and cheese, salt, pepper, ham. ketchup, everything bagel. Egg, everything, not egg, everything. Wait, you say everything or egg everything? <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said everything, everything bagel. <laughs> do, do you do you uh, do you like egg everything, or you just avoid that? I've had it one time. It, okay. It's fine. Uh, I don't typically think to order an egg bagel. It's not a super common sure thing. That you I've ever had. throw a hash brown on that bad boy? I have uh, not there because the bagels that they make are very fluffy, yeah. and so it's like super hard to eat it. And drive as it is. So sometimes sure. I'll eat half and then eat half while driving. Um, and adding the hash brown is just going to make a huge mess on that sandwich. That's true. Lately, I will do the hash brown on the side. Okay. Um, but again, not conducive to driving and eating. Um, no. Nah. And considering it's a full hour and a half drive with no traffic. Yeah. Um, you know, at a certain point, it's like, okay, I won't be home. If you scoop it, if you scoop it, you might have a better chance. Sure. But I'm not going to do that to a sandwich that's been made and prepared like that. Um, sure. I do love 
so up by me, there's a couple of places that have called that sandwich the hobo. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what they call it in, in your parts. I've, I've heard that. I think they call it a hangover at the place. Yeah. I've heard it called that too. I've heard it called other things as well. But yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. There was a deli that was 90 seconds from my house that for several years that I loved that closed very suddenly and unexpectedly yeah. earlier. Well, late last year, I guess. Um, devastating to find that out because sure. they made they didn't do it with bagels. They did it with rolls. Uh, but it was like uh, Rockland Bakery rolls. A roll. So, See, if I were driving and eating, I'd probably go with the roll. Definitely easier to eat that while driving. And they would always accommodate me whenever I asked for extra stuff. And so you, I was delighted to hear this weekend have adopted my favorite diner order oh. with the corned beef hash with the jalapenos. I mean, we're going strong on, I mean, it's had to be, it's got to be like four St. Patty's days in a row that I've had leftover corned beef that have resulted in corned beef hash with jalapenos. I won't have it any <laughs> other way. <laughs> Just, um, I just won't have it. <laughs> yes. Uh, so thankfully, the the place down by me, which give no me jalapenos exists. or give me death. <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, the place near me that that unfortunately did just recently close. Um, when I asked for a hobo with jalapenos in there as well, would accommodate me, and it was delightful as well. Ooh. Yeah, that's nice. I could have sent you home with some cherry peppers that you could you could put on there. It's true. Well, the funny thing was. I thought you sent me home with the slice of pizza that had the cherry pepper and no. sausage on Spoiled. it. <laughs> what a surprise. You got sent home with the Dutch crinkle. Well, so, no, Danish. Danish crinkle. Danish crinkle. <laughs> I did. The, I made the same mistake, too. But so what happened was you handed me a tinfoil wrapped <laughs> thing that looked like two slices of pizza, which is what we had left over. Yeah. And a container. And you said, I gave you some Danish crinkle. And I said, awesome, thanks. Got home, <laughs> opened the, <laughs> the thing, and expected to see two slices of pizza, which I was going to have for lunch. And it was Danish Kringle. And I was like, well, what's in the container then? <laughs> and it turns out it was the big cookies. I mean, I'm sorry, the, the big, big cookies. <laughs> Question, did you eat any of the big cookies? I had a big cookie and... An S cookie? Of- one of the S cookies okay. as well. Yes or no? Is the S cookie just a biscuit? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what the closest thing is? It's, it's the closest thing I can think of too is Easter bread. Okay, here we go again. I've never had Easter bread. Now I know your mom makes it. She does. I've never had it though. Okay, that one I will not accuse you of having had. I, I, I don't it, know. I think it lives somewhere in some magical land with the bread in the oven. Is I don't... the Easter bread from the oven? You know, the thing is, sometimes we have the Easter bread as bread in the oven. Now you're blowing my mind. I am full blown Inception. Yeah. Breadception? Sure. Inbreadshin. In bre- <laughs> I like inbreadshin. I think. No, I don't because it's got inbred in the word. <laughs> don't the, Google that. No. Um, no. In all seriousness, I won't accuse you of having um, Easter bread because I have no idea. Um, sure. I know for. I know for, are, are there eggs I know for a fact. Yes. Yeah, are they in the bread? Kind of. Kind of. They're on the bread. So typically they're made in like donut shaped and fuck do we talk about on this show? (laughs) The eggs are usually placed in the donut hole of the Easter bread, like a hard boiled egg. Oh, after the fact. Yes. Okay. You just, you just, there might be, there there might be egg in the dough as well. I I have never really paid attention to one. No, 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 I I was more thinking like a whole egg is a hard boiled egg, which is what you're saying. Yes. You're just like, you're using it as a basket. Is that what you're saying? Am I am I following you? Well, it's it, it's a it's like a donut hole, so it definitely doesn't it doesn't cradle the egg. Sure, 
Um, but if you but, put that piece of bread on a plate, yes. it then becomes a basket. And the eggs are in the hole. Yes, kind of. Okay. Are the eggs peeled? Well, no, because... They're colorful? Yes. Got it. Because typically the, the Easter bread has sprinkles on the top of it, too. Okay. <laughs> it's halfway between bread and dessert. Got like, it. it's... It, there's but it's definitely... not in the oven. Well, Sometimes. no, but... Well, no. So then you slice the bread in half, like you uh, would a bagel, or like a, like you would a bagel, and then you butter it. You either toast and butter it, or the butter it and then toast it. And if you butter it then toast it, it's served as bread in the oven. Butter it and then toast it. Yes, bread in the oven. What is? Why can't you butter it after you toast it? Oh, you can. Oh, it's just not bread in the oven then. I see. So if I've accidentally put butter on bread and then toasted it, it's bread in the oven. Yes, it's bread in the oven. I see. All right. Uh, one year we went to my sister's before we came to you for Easter. Yes. And it was like the first e- time she was living in her in one of her apartments. And she decided that the night before to color eggs and hide them for me when I got okay. there, which is great because I love a good treasure hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, found all the eggs. I'm pretty good. Uh, but <laughs> I was helping out with some other stuff. And Kim and my mom and my dad were, uh, they were like, they were peeling the eggs and slicing them up, getting them ready. Because every Easter we have, we get rolls. We put the sliced hard-boiled egg and uh, mayo, salt and pepper, sometimes yeah. bacon, on a sandwich. Anyway, they were, <laughs> peeling, they were peeling the eggs. I know if you, I'm, I'm sure you've peeled the hard-boiled egg before. You're familiar with the... Yeah. And then the peel, right? Yeah. That, that basic yeah. premise, right? Yeah. My sister, the jokester, <laughs> put one raw egg oh. in, <laughs> in the bundle. And uh, I thought that was really silly. I like that. I like a little prank like that. Disgusting. Yeah. It's nasty. We'll but, save uh, you some Easter bread. You can have it on Easter. In the oven. If you want. <laughs> you, you, make, it's, you can make it finally happen. You can make me finally have bread in the oven. Because I've never I, had it in my life. I can finally make you have bread in the oven again. Yes. For the first time. <laughs> <laughs> for the first time. For the second time. <laughs> for the first time. For the last time. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, what are we what are we doing? News and nuggets? Sure. I think it's time. I don't, I don't know. We went on tangents. I think I had something else to mention in the... Oh, bran- the, the beer. We rated the beer. Yeah, no. There was something else I feel like I had to mention in the branching story there, and I totally sure. forgot what it is now, because we've been going for a bit on it that. It might come back. I'm, I'm sure done with this one. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's easy drinking. It, as we've continued to drink it, mm. I very much enjoy it. It's mm-hmm. really good. That's nice. Al, there's a lot going on. Uh, but first and foremost, we need to bring your cousin back, your your fancy cousin that hosts <laughs> Flicks and a Whisk, <laughs> to to recap the Oscars for us. Wait, my cousin? <laughs> it's me. What? <laughs> Amazing. Uh, of course, I know who he is. So it's we me. watched. So, so we watched the Oscars. It was eventful. Um, Wait, no. Before before we do that, let's give the the food its justice because we made some fantastic. We food. made some food. We made four pizzas? Made three different types of pizza. Right, but we made four pizzas. Four or five total pizzas. Four count, yeah. Okay, we made. Well, we talked about it. I'm pretty sure (laughs) we already talked about the pizzas that we were planning on making. I I didn't listen to Flicks and a Whisk back, but I'm pretty sure we ended the episode on 20 straight minutes of food talk, and a lot of that was pizza-dominated, and we took that. first, First and foremost... We had a 24-hour, no-need, yeasty dough. You need to send me that recipe still. Uh, sure. It's very simple. I will send it to you. Uh, and it is 
the best pizza dough because one, it tastes fantastic. It does. It is fluffy yet crunchy. Somehow. Paradoxically. It requires like like no effort, <laughs> which is really like a nice sweet spot for when you're cooking for more than like a couple of people. <laughs> yes, and uh, my goodness, it's, it's the, I think it's the perfect dough recipe for. I have to make a bunch of pizzas. Like yeah. I don't know that I don't know if it's the most beneficial for. I'm just going to make one pizza. Maybe it mm-hmm. is. Maybe it isn't. But if you have to make. Four to eight pizzas. Sure. Well, that's the way to go. The only thing I would maybe tweak if I was going to make one pizza is, well, one, I would, I doubled the recipe, so I would cut it back in half, and I probably would only make one pie out of two of those things. I would make one big one that's a little bit on the thicker side. Okay. Uh, thicker than what you made? Because I don't th- know that you want to go much thicker than thicker, that. Thicker, a little thicker than what I made, and but I would have I would have gone out to the edge of the pan. Okay. I didn't go out to the edge because I wanted that thickness, so I would have made a little bit bigger a little bit, and, you know, maybe probably end up being as thick as it was. But the And by pan, was, Anthony means stone, because we cooked it on a piece of stone. That's right. Uh, I I completely lost my train of thought. The pizzas. Other, the other thing I would do is I would probably activate the yeast prior to adding it um, to the flour the way that they have you do in the recipe, because I, I like I like when it has a little bit more action. Uh, yeast front. engaged. Engage, engage. Uh, it's great. It's great. It's a great recipe. And then we, so we did our nice. Uh, oh, for my my the the sauce came out amazing too. Yes, I walked into Anthony's house. He wasn't there. Kim was. I wasn't. <laughs> she welcomed me. Anthony came downstairs looking for me after I unloaded all of my luggage slash bed. <laughs> wasn't there because I was using his inoperable bathroom which Ships i didn't know passing was, in the night the two of us <laughs> did not know it was inoperable when i walked in there because why would i think that sure and uh i came out of the bathroom to see anthony confused as to where i was yep. we had an eventful oscars weekend that involved cooking pizza and fixing a toilet yes it included baking plumbing that's right uh shopping and learning about the danish kringles Learning about the Danish Kringles. <laughs> but, okay, so well, that, that sauce, first off, was fantastic. It was so... That, that too, was simple. Oh, yeah, sorry. That was the point I was making when I said, you know, where I walked in. Because after me and Anthony convened, we walked upstairs, and Anthony had a bunch of tomatoes. Embraced. We embraced. Yes. Stewing that he mashed into a sauce. That's right. Well, again, minimal work, great result. Yes. And just absolutely loved it. And we did one, we did two beautiful pies that were, that had that sauce, um, the mozzarella, the spicy Italian sausage that was decased and just browned a little bit. Crucial, Um, crucial part of that process. Which I also tried to make a good point of keeping the pieces of sausage coated in in their own oil before putting them on because that's where that that heat was coming from because of the... Mm -hmm. Oil, like the oils that cooked oil, the fat, and then the the peppers that are inside the sausage itself made that nice hot oil. It's actually incredible that 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 pizza wasn't unbearably hot because we had hot sausage <laughs> cooked in its own yeah. oil, plus hot cherry peppers that were pickled, plus hot hot honey. honey. <laughs> so <laughs> hot sausage, hot cherry peppers, mozzarella, and then when we were done, drizzle of hot honey on top of it. It was and, yeah, and why and and it really was like it was the perfect heat level. Yes, like it wasn't. It was every bite was enjoyable. It was a symphony of spice. Ah, oh, symphony of spice. I like that. The spice. 
Kim did that too, didn't she? I'm pretty sure. She, she well, she did. You no, know, she didn't even do it when we were talking about the pizza, though. She did it when Marie asked about Dune, <laughs> which is amazing for someone who hasn't finished either movie. <laughs> yeah, someone who, by her own admission, watched about twelve minutes of the new one, and in which they did not do the creepy whispered spice. But when Marie asked about the new version of Dune, she hearkened back to the old version of Dune. And whispered the spice at her. <laughs> well, you know, it's great, too. I, I, I was actually reminiscing about when we watched the original. And the movie starts in, you know, Lord of the Rings opening and such, as we talked about. And then that ends. And the king goes, wait, pause it. Hold on. I it, <laughs> she goes, I have no idea what's going on. And I was like, nobody does. It's funny. When we watched that, was it last year or the year before? Uh, well, it was, I guess it was the year before. Mm. When we watched that. That opening felt like it was 20 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And I rewatched it a few months ago with Dominic and Brian Nelson since we all went to see the new one in theaters together. We watched it here at Dominic's apartment together. The opening is like three minutes long. <laughs> Honest Wait, to God, the so, first time I watched it, it felt like it was 20 minutes long. So it was you and it was my sister's cousin's brother's friend, Brian. <laughs> yes, him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> my sister's brother's cousin's brother's friend. <laughs> <laughs> You're my brother's father's uncle's cousin's <laughs> former roommate. <laughs> oh man! Anyway, that was one of the pies. Then we made a uh, a nice a nice well, that. Okay, the next one had it was in quadrants. Because yes, because the there was apparently several picky eaters, myself included. <laughs> so the uh, the appropriate slices had whoa uh, ricotta uh, that was I put globs on and then put it in the oven and then took it out and then smeared it flat so that it's like a nice thin layer over the area where it was going and then prosciutto that was hand torn and thrown on top of that with mozzarella cheese on top of that. And then when all, all that baked nicey nice, we took it out, we just loaded it up with arugula and a nice balsamic glaze. Uh, we put some olives, whose names I don't remember, on top. The green ones. They're, yeah, but, you know, there's so many green olives, and these are a weird one. These are the neon green ones. These, Not neon the, green. Lime green? Lime green lime, ones. Lime green is fair. They're like, they're basically, you know, it's like a black olive, but it's green and it has a little bit more taste. <laughs> it's like a black olive, but green. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's a black olive in a can. Like, you know, yes, it, no, like, the black olive in a can has pretty much no flavor, like a little flavor. These <laughs> have, these are, these have more flavor than that, but they're still on the mild side, but they're delicious. And my quick pickled red onion. <laughs> yes, your quickled red onion. My quickled red onion. Did you end up trying the red onion? There, one of the two slices you gave me, which was supposed to be the one quadrant, had on it. like one eighth of it had the regatta on it, <laughs> and there was also a couple of onions that made it across. <laughs> and it actually wasn't bad. The bite that I had that had those two things on that's it. Right. So that's right because it was. The oh, well, I told you I was cool with the onion in that format. Sure. I would have been fine with that part yeah, you of don't it. Also, like it baked into cheese. I don't like it baked into cheese. Yeah. It doesn't work. You don't me. want bread in the oven with cheese and onions. <laughs> The the primary factor that's a no-no for me is the cheese and onion cooked together. Mm-hmm. With well, and the bread it tends to be a part of it. With paradoxically, again, the exception of French onion soup actually doesn't huh. create a problem for me. It's the only 
case of that that hasn't come well, from. Well, there's, I mean, that's because the you ha- you got the nice bread buffer. Well, I also think it's because you like stew the onions in broth for a long time, mm-hmm. and then you just milk cheese quick. Yeah, that's it's, that's true. That's got to be it's got to be the time factor. I, I I I do think it's more so the bread is in between the cheese and the onions, so that that you're never getting that soggy. I think it's both of them together, but I think to to me it's got to be like the the time factor. Related note: We got to go to Arthur's. <laughs> I need. We've been I, talking about that for. I years. need both French onion soup and our and steak. Our steak yes. <laughs> it's our steak. Uh, that one was amazing. Then we made the we made the sausage one again after that, and then we made a, just a classic margarita pie. Yes. Oh, all delicious. Fresh basil, ripped up, torn. Oh, I actually put fresh basil on top of the sausage. Sorry, did you just say well. ripped, torn? <laughs> I ripped and torn, that's right. <laughs> that's how I like my bagels. My bagels? My basil. <laughs> that's how I like my men in black actors. Sure. My dodgeball coaches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. They were they were a treat. So you want to talk about the Oscars now? <laughs> sure. I kind of just want to make one of those pizzas again. We also have the Danish Kringle supplied by Marie that none of us knew what it was or mm-hmm. what to do with it. But it was great. It was pretty delightful, yeah. It was really good. I enjoyed that. We had brazi bites. Yep. Tasty. Those, those were interesting. Some veggie dip. Little crudite, huh? A little veggie dip action. Love it. And then and then and then beer. We had some beer. Naturally. Kentucky we coffee, had- cream, ale, bourbon. Yep. Barrels. Plus a couple, plus a couple <laughs> of other delightful uh beers. That we made, yeah. That that'll be one of them. The other one, which I think both really tickled both of us, was the Evil Genius mm. Purple Monkey Dishwasher. Yep. If you're ever gonna buy a, a, a beer based on the name, this would be one of the ones to go for. Absolutely. <laughs> that was an absolute treat. And uh, and then yeah, and then the Oscars happened. And all in all, results wise, kind of boring. Expected. I just <laughs> yeah, I, I just uh, you know, in watching, it, I was like, you know, we talked about it beforehand. Not strong, really not strong. Just not no. a not a great not a great Oscars year. Uh, no. But not surprising in the results. Uh, Most of it not. Yeah, Dune won things that were happy. I said Dune won all but like one of the technical categories. Which one did it not for. make? So what like it had all the technical categories plus some of the costume and makeup and set design ones, mm. and I think it lost the makeup and hair or the costume. One of those two. Gotcha. It won everything else. It was nominated for. Of the, like, behind-the-scenes type of awards. It didn't win any of the... Well, it wasn't nominated for any of the acting awards. It didn't win any of the script directing yeah. or, like, any of those awards, so... Best cocksock. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great if that was that was a category. And the, <laughs> But uh, Kenneth Branagh did take an Oscar home for both us, and that, that made Good. me happy, because... Uh, it's just again my, my of of the movies that I watched uh, in preparation for the Oscars that was that was my favorite. Uh, after a uh, little spoiler for the for the future of this episode, Kim watched Free Guy with me, and she goes, "Now why wasn't this up?" <laughs> because I honestly far better than a lot of the movies I watched. It was nominated for like visual best effects, visual right? effects, yeah. which but, is surprising because they're not. I feel like they're not great. Some of them are good some of them are not great yeah. um dune won that one yes yeah, so. naturally naturally and uh yeah and then and that was it you know pretty boring <laughs> no, nothing eventful <laughs> no, at all no, happened no, actually yeah. what a, what a, what a 
What a ride. What a like I feel like we were we were all on edge like something like, like something bad happened like in our immediate presence, I feel like afterwards. We were as shocked as if I got up and slapped you. Yeah. Yeah. But with with all the same stuff happening where like Kim was paying attention, Carly was half paying attention and Marie was in her phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Marie, I just remember Marie was like, "Wait. What?" <laughs> and we're like Will Smith literally just slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. She's like, no. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> no, we just watched it happen. Surely it's a bit. I think my favorite part about that whole thing was right after it happened, Kim goes, wow, how did they do that? <laughs> That's how. <laughs> yeah. I, I See, I couldn't evaluate where you were with it because you had the shocked silence for like a long time. Yeah. So I didn't know if you processed the whole thing. Whereas I'm trying like Marie's like, that didn't happen. I was like, Will Smith is literally currently screaming while muted out. Get your, get my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. It a hundred percent just happened. What are you talking about? (laughs) Oh man. My sister's got coworkers that are still, that still don't believe that it really happened. Yeah. She was texting us yesterday about it. Yeah. Which is just, just, just watch. <laughs> it's it's happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I understood, especially the initial reaction, like, oh, that's got to be a bit. And sure. I expect, I, even, like, in some of the immediate aftermath, too, like, mm-hmm. I can understand. I still got to say, like, is there a 5% chance it was somewhat sage? Yes, but it, it really doesn't seem like that's the case. Like, yeah. there's a strong confluence of factors that seem to indicate that that was very much real. Well, I would, I would honestly, the, the one that goes, I mean, you know, not to, not to knock his acting chops, but if that was fake, Chris Rock did a tremendous job. <laughs> yeah. I, he, you know, he was borderline Tim Curry getting slapped in. <laughs> in Home Alone. Home Alone. <laughs> With the, I love that scene when he's, he's like, keeps like looking up to not cry and his lip is like Quivering. actually trembling at Yes. <laughs> so good. Oh, man. But the other thing is, like, if you, like, there were some places that put out, like, the video slowed down. Mm-hmm. You can see the heavy impact of hand to jaw. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was not, like, in real time when it's, like, fast, like, you could, oh, like, did he just, like, twist? His, it's hard to tell mm-hmm. because the sound doesn't really carry in that way. But, like, watching it in slow motion, you can literally see the impact of hand. That type of thing. He slapped him way too hard for it to be a bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And I didn't really notice it the first couple of times, but then watching it back again on one of the other feeds, Chris Rock almost went nuclear uh-huh. on him before he settles into a very different tone to prevent to present the uh the award. Yep. Because he thinks it's like he got slapped and he's like, oh fuck, I just got slapped really hard. But it sounds like a joke when he says after that, like, oh, Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me. And then he heard what Will is yelling at him uh-huh. about get my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. And that's when you see it register on his face. Like, oh, Will's being serious. That's why my jaw hurts so much. Yeah. And he says something along the lines of like, I could. And he cuts himself off. Mm. It seemed like he was gonna, if you thought the the joke he made it, Jada Pinkett Smith's 
expense was over the line, it sounded like he was gonna go for it. Like he had more. Yeah, and he somehow made, that was like one of the nice ones, right? Before it which, even... which is already pretty mischievous because you could like the way he said it, you could tell like he workshopped some meaner jokes and chose to go with that one, the right. one he thought was the least offensive. And he says, I could, and I don't know if that meant he was going to unleash the meaner jokes, or if it meant he was going to unleash more personal, direct stuff at mm. them, because he's had a relationship with the two of them for a long time, mm. so I'm sure he knows some dirty secrets, considering there seems to be some around that family. I, I If he didn't slap the shit out of Chris Rock, like I've felt bad for Will Smith the last few years. Mm-hmm with everything that's gone down in that relationship and their family, like it doesn't seem like it's a healthy atmosphere, really. Sure. And he lost a lot of that sympathy when he decided to slap someone on live television for a fairly benign joke. I mean, and poor taste, I guess, but a yeah. fairly benign joke. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think we, we all kind of felt the same way. I feel like in Washington, it's like, Oh, I feel like I don't like you anymore. and it was uh, it was kind of uh kind of upset (laughs) yeah but but it seemed like chris rock was gonna blow the whole thing up and somehow caught himself i thought you were referring to his body language as like right after it happened for a second it looked like he was gonna go back and then realized where he was (laughs) yeah well there's that too but less so i don't really expect chris rock to go attack someone then again i don't really expect will smith to go attack someone but this is fair um and then, and then, and then to, to then to just be sitting there laughing up front the whole the whole rest of it. Well, I don't know if you saw, but in the last couple of hours, I just saw like no. someone involved with the Oscars said that Will Smith was asked to leave and he didn't. Oh, now I I will say, considering the amount of police and security, I'm sure that are on hand, if they really want him to leave. I'm. I'm sure they could have right, but like, dragged w- him out w- without but... creating more of a scene. Although they could have, they could have easily cut the feed. If sure, they to go that route, but... but I think that they probably didn't want to do that, especially because there's no way you can stop everyone from turning off their turning on their phones and sure. broadcasting it. Right. So, they I knew, guess I better. can understand considering he was more or less sitting there and behaving afterwards yeah. that they wouldn't want to make it even more worse. Mm-hmm. But man, I don't know. They, whoever's like the producer of the Oscars is probably like losing their mind for the rest of it. <laughs> well, I've heard a whole lot of talk about that situation too, and I'm not qualified to speak on it. So uh, I was just thinking, like, I'm, like I didn't handle this. I didn't cut the feeds. I didn't do anything right. I'm probably gonna lose my job. Like that's kind of what I was <laughs> like. Just everything. How is this happening on the one that I'm running? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know about all of that in particular. I'm not saying anyone was in. Mm-hmm. Like, risk of losing their job but it's just there's layers to that conversation that we're probably not <laughs> it was it wasn't like the uh it wasn't like when the wrong name was was read out where everybody went oh somebody's fired <laughs> <laughs> not that overtly no <laughs> and then it got me thinking though like what like what's the level like how how well known do you have to be to not be removed like what's the, where's the line? Where's what's the, the line? Right? What's like, the cutoff? Like I don't know, you, so, you know, you, you go like you think about like watching other people's reactions. Like Meryl Streep, Streep doesn't like. I don't think she's being asked to leave either. But Probably I'm thinking not. like I'm like Timothy Chalamet. I feel like he's. I feel like they kick him out. I don't know, man. He's he's kind of got everyone enthralled. Mm, mm. He might be a big enough star at this point. Who 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 gets kicked out? 
Well, it's got to be someone who's convincing that, like, we expect they would actually be there and that someone would care, but also mm. that they could get kicked out. And I, I'm not sure where you draw the line there. I like how Anthony Hopkins comes out. And I feel like he was like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> He had, honestly, the best line in analysis of the whole situation. <laughs> Will Smith really said a lot there. He said it all. <laughs> I love that, like, within within minutes of his uh, uh, his best, uh, what is it, best actor award, you had you had memes pulled up. My, oh, my, yeah. fa- my favorite one so far is is the vessel for love with with the hands as the hand is connected, <laughs> or is it peace? Is it peace or love? It was a vessel for love. Yeah. Vessel for love with the, the hands laughing. There the was hand. a couple of good ones. I, good. I think that that meme was the best one. My favorite line uh, that I saw on Twitter uh, the next morning was um, on a night that was celebrating talking with your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> no, sorry, was, sorry, no, it was on big a night, night. that Coda won an Oscar for for Best Picture. It was a big night for talking with your hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's uh, that's pretty great. That was wild, though. That was uh, it was it was accepted. And then part of me wonders, like, okay, how much? Like, yeah, like there's obviously like anything on TV you got to take with a grain of salt, right? Like, I could see this being a total thing that is set up to made to look real good, so that you know just. People tune into the Oscars next year. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, I I do understand that level of skepticism. Like, how many people turned it on too after hearing something? That, no, there was a big right? spike. It's it's irrefutable. There, yeah. there's a, a measurable spike in viewership. Yeah, so I mean, and, and so like I would say, you know, I, yeah, of course it was real. Like I feel like it's how we started, but I would say like with like I feel like if if it wasn't, there's there's your Academy Award. <laughs> There's something and it else. Goes to Chris Rock. <laughs> there's something else. <laughs> there's something else that went along with the whole Chris Rock, Will Smith, King Richard, all of that, and the broadcast that I don't 100 feel comfortable discussing on the show that you and me can talk about after the show. But there was something that happened in the moment that I remember cocking my head and being like, and pointing at the screen, and it wasn't explained in the moment. And I heard someone else say something on Monday afterwards about it. And I was like, okay, so I'm not crazy there. But you and me can talk about that off air. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, there's, there's, it was a, it was a weird, it was a weird. I will say the thing that really bothered me the most about that was in between it all happening or like right after it happening, Questlove has to go up and, and, Accept his Oscar, and oh, you know, yeah. good on him. I I listened to this or uh, re, re reread a recap of an interview with him after the fact, and he was like, he didn't actually register what had happened beforehand because he was like in a meditative state while like the presentation was going on for that award, which has got to be rough considering how long the delay was that he yeah. had to be in meditative state <laughs> waiting for the announcement. <laughs> So I was like, that. I was like, well, at least it didn't ruin his night. But I really felt like it was taken away from that one because he had just this wonderful, this wonderful speech that he couldn't even get through because he was so emotional. And it's just like one of my favorite things watching the Oscars is I love when somebody gets an award and they're so, they're just so grateful. <laughs> and and like that was one of like to to have those two things back to back was very jarring. <laughs> yeah. No, there was some weird. Emotional roller coaster going on with a lot of different things there, like that sort of jump up and down, like trying to get settled back down, and then the emotional ramblings of Will Smith later on when he won the Oscar. Yeah, 
It was just a lot. I was, ta- I was talking to uh, my uh, M-Dub, my old roommate, mm-hmm. about this afterwards. He's like, he's like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know. During that during that acceptance speech, he's like, I was like, um, I feel like this is a madman rambling. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I am uncomfortable. I mean, that's what was happening in the moment, at yeah, least. For um, sure. What a weird, what a weird night. So you want to highlight a couple of the nice things? Because I did love the... Well, first of all, I just love the idea of Anthony Hopkins being there and presenting mm-hmm. when last year he won the Oscar and he was Wasn't asleep there. while it was happening. <laughs> <laughs> Literally asleep. Had no idea. Found out the next morning. <laughs> um, I also really enjoyed. Um, I think we all enjoyed when it happened, despite some confusion at first. But then, like, once we all pieced it together, I thought it was really touching. Um, sorry, I'm going to butcher her name. I'm going to try Yoon Yu Jung from uh, Minari when she presented the oh, yeah to Troy Kotzer. That was all really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that was sweet. She was so happy to be there uh-huh. and was so self-deprecating and like, I'm, I'm so sorry, but I'm almost certainly going to mispronounce everyone's name while I try and read it. Mm-hmm. And then she, I, I didn't notice it at first, but she signed his name when she yeah. was announcing it, which was really cool. And then so many people thought she was stealing the Oscar from him. And no, she had the foresight. And even he didn't even think about it. Yeah. She had the foresight to take the statue from him so he could use both his hands to sign his speech. Mm-hmm. And then she was just, she, she was just like, like crying. Awe looking at him. It was so. Sweet. Yeah. She was in like, she was like <laughs> crying with like joy and awe watching him give his speech. Oh. And then she like was so happy to walk him off the stage and yeah. she was talking with him and, and he was talking with her. It was a, I thought that was a really great moment. Yeah, that was, that really was. That was awesome. That was awesome. I will say another highlight for me, uh, not on the sweet side, but the funny side, I thought the host did a great job. I, I really enjoyed their, I, the, the three of them like kind of handing off here and there. And then like the, I always love the openings. Um, yeah. When they write the- on everybody. Well, the last several years, they've had a really tough time balancing how much to use the hosts. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they use them way too much. Sometimes, sometimes you're like, oh, right, there's a host when you're like towards the end of the show. Yeah, well, there was a couple, was it two, three years ago, whatever it was, when Amy Poehler and Maya Rudolph and was it Tina Fey? Was it the third one? I think there was three Maybe. of them, right? I thought it was just Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. No, Maya Rudolph was definitely a part of it, oh. wasn't she? I don't know. Maybe. Um, Like... You like never saw them again. After yeah, it was the like the intro, minutes. and then it, I feel like it was them like, just like good night. <laughs> like they literally popped up one other time. Right. I think. Yeah, that's, that's this one enough. did a better job of balancing it, but I still think you could have probably used them five or ten percent more than you did. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you definitely don't want to overdo it, but they they probably could have even used them a little bit more than they did because the writing for what they were doing was actually pretty decent. Like some of them had some really good jokes in there. Yeah. The little bit where they all showed up in costume with oh Amy God, Schumer so from Wires as spider-man and Her. wanda sykes as, as richard williams like yeah <laughs> <laughs> she, she was great i shaved for this <laughs> a lot <laughs> the a, a um amy she were hanging from the wires and and trying trying to turn herself was really just really and failing cool. miserably yeah, while shooting great. silly string everywhere <laughs> that was awesome <laughs> oh man i also that yeah, that was that was great um but it was it was those things are fun. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely would like more rather than less of those because I, I enjoy like the, the to a point because do. the year that the James Franco and Anne Hathaway did it was too much and it wasn't. I vaguely good. remember that. Yeah, I would say like I don't know. Bring them in. Like the show is broken up into segments. It's like it's like 
big awards that like everybody's paying attention to and then you know not to discredit it but like it feels like you know there's like tiers of them it seems like and like you can you can have them come in and out between those sections of like these are the things coming up here's a few jokes related to that these are the things coming up here's a few jokes you know and just kind of let them play a little bit more also weird choice we were confused in the moment while watching why like there were sometimes they were making an announcement and someone was just on stage mm-hmm. So remember how they were talking about yanking a bunch of them off the show? Yep. Instead, they decided to go half in, half out, and they pre-recorded them, and then aired them edited. That's what was going on? Yes. I don't like that. Uh, Yeah, either do it or don't. Yeah, that was weird. Also, didn't really shorten the broadcast. It still ended well after, like, 1130. Honestly, it just made it seem like something wrong was happening. I mean, it was pretty obviously edited. It was just a question of how. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Well, I think the Oscars was definitely interesting. It was, even though it was a poor class of them, it was a, probably a more entertaining show than some of the years we've seen. So yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a minute. I feel like it's what three years, four years since it's been a good. I feel like a good full set of fil- films that I wanted to watch. I don't remember at this right. point which which year is which, but maybe next year. We'll see. Probably not. <laughs> some other garbage movie. It's going to be up. That's just going to make me angry. Yeah, I hope not, but probably will. Probably. Well, that's it for your Oscars recap. What is Happy Trails Bruce Willis? Are you saying goodbye to him? We all are, unfortunately. Uh, I, don't, I guess you didn't hear about this today. I didn't, but I I, I, I actually, I've, I kind of said goodbye to him a while ago um, after hearing multiple uh, stories from Kevin Smith <laughs> about it. Well... I know he hasn't always been the nicest guy on stage, but well, on stage, on set. Um, but this is actually a little bit more sad. So uh. this was just announced today. Bruce Willis stepping away from acting following aphasia diagnosis. Oh, Bruce Willis's family has announced the actor is retiring from the profession after being diagnosed with aphasia, a language disorder caused by brain damage that affects a person's ability to communicate. Willis's family members posted a joint statement to social media announcing the actor's retirement. I'm going to actually read it a little later because they have the whole post embedded in the article and the weird edited version of it doesn't make a lot of sense to read here. Um, Variety reached out to Bruce Willis's representatives for their comment, but his team has no additional statement to provide at this time other than his family's words below. His career started in the early 1980s with uncredited roles in films such as Sidney Lumet's The Verdict, his career exploded later that decade thanks to a starring role opposite Sybil Shepard in the ABC series Moonlighting and his performance as John McClane in the 1988 action movie Die Hard, which gave Willis his first major film franchise. Across his four-decade acting career, <clears throat> Willis's movies have grossed over $5 billion worldwide. He's been nominated for five Golden Globes, winning one for Moonlighting, and three Emmys, winning one for Moonlighting and another for his friend's guest role. Uh, so rumor Willis, his daughter posted something on Instagram uh, to Bruce's amazing supporters as a family. We wanted to share that our beloved Bruce has been experiencing some health issues and has recently been diagnosed with aphasia, which is impacting his cognitive abilities as a result of this. And with much consideration, Bruce is stepping away from the career that has meant so much to him. It's a really challenging time for our family. And we are so appreciative of your continued love, compassion, and support. We're moving through. This as a strong family unit and wanted to bring his fans in because we know how much he means to you as you do to him. As Bruce always says, live it up. And together we plan to do just that. Love, Emma, Demi, Rumor, Scout, Tallulah, Mabel, and Evelyn. Goodness, that's terrible. 
yeah, that's sad. I, um, I'm, it doesn't really matter, but I'm vaguely curious what led to this. I was reading a little bit into this cause I've never heard of this condition before. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of different things that can cause it. A lot of times it can be caused by a bad concussion or stroke, mm-hmm. but sometimes it can be a, uh, condition that arises from like a, a progression of trauma to the brain. That's not from one specific event. So mm. I'm, I'm just from an intellectual standpoint, I'm a little bit curious as to what led to this specifically, sure. but that doesn't really matter ultimately. So yeah, um, no, it's, I, I, it, it's pretty sad and unexpected. And uh, his career has taken some turns in the last several years. He's not really gotten great roles in, for several years now, which is a shame. Um, I'd kind of been wondering what was going on there because you would think that, like he shouldn't probably be in like a Nicolas Cage type of situation where he's just taking every single role just to continue to pay the bills. He's made so much money in the past, but yeah, huh. that's that's sad. That I can't imagine the difficulties of dealing with that. No, especially I mean, forget about just his ability to make movies. That's the type of thing that affects your ability to just live and enjoy yeah, your life. For sure. Oh man, Al, I gotta say, I. Did not know what I was getting into when you gave me this <laughs> this uh, this headline that we were going to be going over. Yeah, I didn't mean to bring you down, and we got a couple of down. Okay, why don't we stick with news it? and notes? But uh, I thought you'd want to know about that. I I, I figured you might have seen it, and if not, I thought you might want to be informed of it. So I did. Thanks. So he's someone who has maybe kind of like you said, we've kind of sort of said goodbye to his career for informally for several years now. But he's been in some pretty great roles in movies that we've enjoyed. I'm sure we both enjoy die hard quite a bit um i i love the fifth element Mm -hmm. um same i enjoy the red movies especially the first one wasn't a i think i only saw the first one i wasn't a big fan of that but yeah i mean i'm not saying it's the greatest thing in the world but i liked it you know i would i would i feel like my favorite of his movies is probably fifth yeah i love that one so the one i've never seen which i'd like to see that i've heard pretty great things about is 12 Monkeys. I know it's pretty oh, dark and depressing. That's but, a, yeah, that's a good one. I um, saw that ages ago. Also, not that he's a huge, huge role in it, but he is obviously one of the quote-unquote stars of it, but it's a movie that I love that we've done. Actually, do we? <laughs> do we love this show? game? 191 episodes in. We've <laughs> talked about it a bunch, and I wrote a review on the spin tune about it, but um, lucky number 11. Mm. Yeah, he's we, not, we didn't do it. No, okay, but I know we talked about it, and I was like, I was at, I was like, we did. I was like, no, no, I wrote about it, and we've talked about it, but I don't think we did it. So, but yeah, I very much enjoyed that movie, and he is uh, featured heavily in it, though not the, the star of that movie. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. it's just that's uh, sad to hear. Yeah, well, rip. Uh, <laughs> well, no, he, he's still alive, career. but his career. career is not the career. Uh, rip. It's the next one. Yes. Taylor Hawkins. Yes, we talked about it a little bit on Sunday. It's very sad to hear drummer for the Foo Fighters. He's a talented dude, man. Yeah. Um, sure. You said you you saw him in concert. I, I saw yeah. them once. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a great show. Yeah. No, I uh, I really enjoyed them. I saw them at City Field. Um, I may have mentioned it on the show in the past. I know I've told you the story for sure. Um, I went with my brother and my brother's friend Brian and. Uh, 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 my friends Alex and his <laughs> wife Devin, not they weren't married at the time, but his wife Devin, my friend Sean, and um, great time, great show. It was during the tour after Dave Grohl had broken his leg. He was on his ridiculous lit up throne. 
Um, they did a little story time in the middle of the show about how he broke his leg and everything that happened in the aftermath of that. And Taylor Hawkins sang a bunch of songs during the show because they played a lot of covers and he sang during a lot of them, not all of them. And uh, the end of the show, Chad Smith from the drummer from the Red Hot Chili Peppers showed up and he went, jumped on the drums. Dave just rolled into the background to play guitar and Taylor came up and sang a bunch of songs. He sang my favorite version of breakdown by Tom Petty, considering I don't like Tom Petty. <laughs> um, I, he sang, um, uh, stay with me by uh, faces, the Rod the Rod Stewart song. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a really great show altogether. I had no idea he could sing until I saw that show and he had a great voice live, whatever. Um, and uh, it was an incredible drummer. So I, I enjoy the Foo Fighters. It was, it was a good time seeing that show. And it's really sad to see that happen at this time. That's a bummer. Um, did he sing at all in the show you saw? I, no, he did not. It's it's interesting. No, it was though. I feel like because of the it was a ban, it was bamboozle. And okay, like so maybe they didn't like have the time to set, do that. So yeah. yeah, it's not like it's like a headlining. I mean, they headlined the the festival, but it's still not like a like being an actual headliner. No, you don't have the time to explore no. that space. Oh, sorry. The reason I mentioned talking about that 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 show was because after we saw that show, we were leaving during the um, encore mm. part where like Chad Smith had been up there and he was singing and everything. And we were walking out of fucking City Field where there was I don't know twenty thousand fans there. And I ran into my cousin Mike. Hey, Mike, <laughs> and my cousin Anthony, <laughs> who were just happened to be walking out of the stadium at the same time of us time as us. And um, it was when I had first started to grow out my hair and beard and Mike <laughs> was like in my peripheral vision and just pointed at me, just yelled, you <laughs> and <I> double took. <laughs> it was like, Mike, <laughs> <Me>. <laughs> apparently he forgot my name in that moment, uh, <laughs> but he recognized me through the beard and hair. That's great. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was, that was Quite a coincidence on a great show. So I think the two of them had seen them like ten times at that point or something like that. So nice. The uh, that's that's funny. Yeah, at the show that we were at, they they were playing SNL or 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 so it was either that or some late night thing. Um, afterwards, and like after their set, they they like they hopped in a helicopter and just skidded over to the city. That was, <laughs> was pretty, pretty cool. That and that was probably I think. That was the first, no, it was the only concert that I've been to that was like legit. That stage was on the beach and it was awesome. That That is pretty awesome. Yeah, it was really. That, that, that was at Asbury Park, you said? Or? It was, yeah. They had, they had like a whole big set. It's like, I think there's like six stages, but the main stage was on the beach. And it was like Jimmy World was out there before them um, oh, and they okay. also killed it. It was just. It was a it was a great show, really. Uh, and oh, actually, you know what? Props to the whoever orchestrated that whole event because the logistics of it was a goddamn nightmare. But <laughs> somehow it worked very smooth. Like you drove to like the racetrack that was not near the event, and you took a shuttle to the event because there wasn't enough. There's not enough parking in the area where it was for a festival. I wouldn't think so. No. We getting into the lot, getting onto the shuttle, getting to the event, getting back onto the shuttle, getting back to the lot and exiting the lot. All of that was like so smooth. And I've been to some events (laughs) (laughs) like there was I went (laughs) the worst one, maybe the Ozfest on Randall's Island 
where you had to like wait like 30 minutes between ferries. Oof. It was ridiculous. But like that was the one where they ran out of water, but they were handing out Red Bulls. It was a oh, bad, no. it was just a bad look. No. <laughs> we, I think we had gotten out like just under the wire because we, I think we bailed probably like with two songs left in the final set so okay. that we could not Actually be a part of, of this <laughs> ridiculous thing that was about to happen. But uh, there was like stories after the fact that I'm like, I feel like it was like the next morning people were still getting off the island. <laughs> like oh, it was God. just, it was just terrible. Uh, but this was, I, I just couldn't believe how smooth this whole experience was. They also had like this thing where it was like you, your ticket was a wristband that had like an RFID in it. And you like scanned it on your way in. And I, all of like, it was so, the whole experience was seamless. <laughs> and I was just blown away. It's nice to see that, considering how many of these things end up being really tedious. Yeah. Uh, and like, that was a bamboozle. I had been to another one years p- prior um, where Marie was there too. Marie from, that was also at the Oscars on Sunday. <laughs> Marie was with <laughs> us. And it was getting rowdy. And like, the crowd was like starting to compress like really heavily mm-hmm. and it was uncomfortable. Um, dangerous, very dangerous. And we were just like, you know what? We'll watch this. <laughs> we'll watch this band from the back. So we formed a chain and we hightailed it out of there. Cause we were like way up by the stage. Yeah. And I had Marie around one of my arms and I had my arm around. I don't even know who was leading. I was around their arm and we were just pulling each other through. And I just kept looking back to make sure she was there 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 look back and somebody else is on my arm and she but she's on their arm (laughs) and i was like still works and they they were just like like they wanted out too (laughs) and i was like you know what good good on you (laughs) concerts concerts were crazy yeah concerts were crazy it's been a minute um what else we got here a night out in the town in the uk is this a movie okay no, this is uh, this is gonna be a nugget. This is gonna be a quick one. Okay. So, um, just to be clear, I didn't forget about the weekly sh- shutdown full cast. Oh, okay. <laughs> They've been on spring break hiatus for a few weeks, but they will be back in full force, and so will the update. Sure. But for now, I leave you a nugget retweeted by Spencer Hall, one of the co-hosts of the show. And um, so I'm going to read you the tweet first and then the image embedded, which was of another tweet from, I don't know, yesterday, let's say. This is some of the most powerful Britonology I've ever encountered. It's like, what if the dumbest guy in your hometown got to design the Stanford prison experiment? The embedded image was there used to be a club night in Wrexham called, quote, free till you pee. It was a free (laughs) bar until the first person went to the bathroom it was absolute carnage. People pissing everywhere and people getting beating up, beaten up for going to the bathroom. <laughs> oh my god. And I'm just trying to picture the absolute anarchy, the ridiculous chaos of that phenomenon. How is that even legal? Yeah. <laughs> Forget about what country it's in. How is that even legal? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh goodness. Well, that sounds like a Could you imagine like how many no. times have you been in like bars where they have promo nights and that's already a certain level of insanity, yeah. let alone one that's introducing a Hunger Games level of competition amongst each other that also is somehow a symbiotic experience, yeah. a symbiotic experience that could become a like actively aggressive experience. <laughs> like yeah. you're introducing 
Total it's chaos in your own situation. It sounds like my like my nightmare. Like you know, you know me. You know that I'm not a club guy. I'm not a crowded bar guy. I am a dive bar guy. Yep. I am a uh, a street tavern. I am a food and beer guy. If we were if we're gonna go to a place where we can yeah. sit down and eat. Our, our our peak night literally in Hoboken was Arthur's for our steak. Yep. And beers, and then more beers and or shots at a street tavern. That's right. With you know what where where you can walk in. You could sit anywhere at the bar and you just greeted with a friendly face and a frozen glass. Yeah. What a treat that place was. And the beer was cheap. And yeah. it was, they had decent selection, as Pretty I probably remember. Uh, but anyway, that's that's more my speed. Uh, I still, it it blows my mind. I, I know, I've known this about me for many of you, many a year. <laughs> okay. And I still, I've somehow managed to be at like clubs and bars in AC multiple times, mm-hmm. and hated, sometimes you just gotta do it. You, I guess, and I hated every minute of every experience. No, yeah, every minute, every minute of the, of being in the actual. I always loved after the fact wandering around the boardwalk late at night, uh, having a late night slice of pizza, having a, a drink. Down at like somewhere in like a casino pit where it's not crowded. Oh, I mean, those are typically the better moments That's anyway, fine. but I'm extremely not a club guy either. Mm-hmm. I tend to get some sort of anxiety leading up to going and then physically being there. Mm-hmm. But as often as not, like literally a 50 50 proposition, I definitely enjoy quite a bit of the moments while I'm there, once I'm actually there, gotcha. while also having many disastrous moments as well. <laughs> I, I don't. Okay. I enjoy the hangout beforehand. I enjoy the hangouts afterwards. I do not enjoy the experience of being in the place at all, even those, remotely. Those before and after moments tend to be the best moments yeah. for sure. But I've had plenty of great moments, but I've also had plenty of moments where I've been like checking my phone every five minutes. When can we leave? Yeah. And uh, it's just it's just an absolute nightmare. I uh, I found myself at a Harris pool party once. It was just... <laughs> that sounds <I> just, <laughs> excessive. I... Ugh. Like if you if you slip and fall in that pool, I think you can track something. Like it's what? not it's it's bad. It's a bad look. There is no way I'm going to a publicly ridiculous pool party. Like the, like I'm not saying like like I was in Vegas this summer. We were at a really nice like hotel resort thing. Like mm-hmm. I went to the pool and was drinking in the pool. That's not the same. Like going to something like what you're describing sounds well. To be Terrible. clear, you're not supposed to be in the pool. It's like okay. a party where the pool is. Okay, I thought it was and one of those ones where you can just as easily be in the pool no, or out of the pool well, and enjoying I'm your- pretty sure you're not really, like, I don't think you're really supposed to be in there, but there were definitely people that ended up in there in okay. in full dress. Oh, okay. yeah, no, so that's, yeah, that's, okay, it's a different experience, okay. It's not, it's, uh, it's not where you want to be. See, when you're doing that, you might as well just put up the fence around the pool that you have, like, I'm guessing it's at night? Yes. So like light up the pool because it adds a cool ambiance, but like I'm gonna have to like put up a, a fence around it because everyone's in like dress. Probably, but I feel like if you put a fence up, you like run the risk of somehow managing to get someone over the fence into the pool and then not being able to get out because of the fence. I mean, you don't have to put the fence up on the very edge of the pool. You can give yourself a Just two foot. Get your make pulling in so much money on every one of these things. Figure out some sort of like glass dance we'll say, floor or, that you can put, put over the, it <laughs> that works too that would be awesome yeah. <laughs> uh and i still wouldn't want to be there okay 
It's just not. It's just not good. We ended up in one of those in one in some godforsaken club in Atlantic City that was like, you go down what seems like a never-ending flight of stairs, and I'm like, great, we're going down into a dungeon, and then it's just like overpacked. Like there's way like. I don't need to see the capacity sign to know that we've at least tripled its its <laughs> capacity. Like it's just too much. There's too many people, yeah. and and all I could think of the whole time is there's one flight of stairs to get out of here. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's just the one flight. <laughs> yeah. It was. Uh, it's it's the most uncomfortable. I've been. That's fair. I guess maybe not the most uncomfortable event. Jay was there for that one, um, but he was there. Another one we went to with him. Um, he was dan- he was trying to dance with everybody, and nobody was really dancing. And he was like, ended up like trying to dance with members of a couple, and then <laughs> he was trying oh. to dance with the girl. And the guy was like, "Yo!" And then he's like, "I just want to dance." And then he tried dancing with the guy. He wasn't having it either. It was just great. He's just and then, and then he like the guy was was clearly annoyed at first, and then when Jay turned to dance with him, he had. No idea how to engage anymore. He was like, I don't... Maybe I misread the situation. Uh, this guy clearly just wants to dance. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What, uh... So... So, I didn't get to watch it. But you watched Moon Knight. Let's save it for consumption. Consumption. Oh, is there more before that? Um, oh, House of the Dragon. Yes, that's the last one. What you got there? I have an, ar- an article that I'm opening right now. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, we've already confirmed it's happening. Cancel. Now, now we know when. <laughs> now we know when? Yes. Game of Thrones prequel series, the House of Dragon premiere date revealed. This is on IGN. Um, HBO has revealed that the Game of Thrones prequel series, House of Dragon, will premiere on August 21st of 2022. That's this year. It is. The official House of the Dragon Twitter account shared the premiere date alongside some new images of the characters from the show, which you can see below, which isn't helpful because this is an audio only medium. Mm -hmm. But if you go and look at either their account or this IGN story, you will see a gallery of pictures of all the principal stars, like solo thumbnail shots of each of them on set in character in costume, all that. So, um, House of Dragon stars Patty Considine as King Viserys I Targaryen and Emma Darcy as Princess Rhaenyra Targaryen alongside Olivia Cook, Matt Smith, Reese Ifans, Steve Toussaint, Eve Best, Sonoya Mizuno, Fabian Frankel, Graham McTavish, Ryan Kaur, Jefferson Hall, and more. George R. R. Martin himself has already seen a rough cut of the show's first episode and shared that he loved it. Quote, I am anticipating House of the Dragon pretty eagerly myself. For what it's worth. Okay, I'm hardly objective, and I know a lot of what you will be seeing. Um, I wrote the book. Also, bums the word. Now, don't tell anyone. I've seen a rough cut of the first episode and loved it. It's dark, it's powerful, it's visceral, just the way I like my epic fantasy. Cool. cool. So we officially have a date. It's going to be this summer. Yes. I'm looking forward yeah, to it. It's I, a week I, after the little guy's first birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. He's going um, to turn one. He's going to... Bite into a piece of cake for the first time, and then I'm gonna make him watch Game. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the show. I'm not like crazy super psyched the way we were during the heights of Game of Thrones mania, but I definitely am looking forward. To I, the show. I'm not either, but I am optimistic at the at the idea that we might get there again. Like maybe you know 
two, three seasons in. I don't know how long this is going to run, but maybe maybe this 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 grabs us like it, like the old the old one did. Um, that would be nice to have something like that on the horizon. Yeah, we'll see. I guess. Cool. I uh, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I I resubscribed to HBO Max. Um, <laughs> I, I had canceled it. Uh, it expired yesterday, and I was like, "Nah, I want to watch something today." <laughs> and then I, 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 uh, I activated it again. This time, I went for the full year to save the thirty bucks. So, That's a pretty wise investment. So it's it's probably it's two months free. There's that too. Uh, it's it's probably the best streaming service. I, that's the thing. Like I, I'm an, I'm annoyed by the price. I think fifteen dollars is a lot to ask um, for a streaming service. However, the catalog is pretty tremendous. It and is. it's only getting big. It is. Um, especially now that they've really started to unravel the amount of exclusive shows to it, in addition to the massive catalog of stuff that's also yeah. available to HBO in general. And for me, it's the easiest one to really get behind because I don't pay anything extra for it. It's part of our DirecTV subscription. True, because so. you have uh, what you have HBO in that subscription. Yes. Yeah. So HBO Max comes as part of that right. package. Right. So that makes sense. it's an easy one for me to try and make as much use of as possible. And I really enjoy it. There's always something to watch on there. There's always a movie or a show, yeah. something new, something old. There's, there's always stuff. To and then, you know, I, I, like I said to you earlier today, like I had flipped it on and realized, oh, Death on the Nile is out. Yeah, I that Great. came out in theaters like a month and a half ago. That was literally like six weeks ago. Yeah. So we'll uh, get to watch that. For an upcoming yeah. episode, which is exciting because I really want to watch it. Cool, man. Uh, we consume a lot of things on this show. Correct. Um, and not on the show, but we talk about those things that we have consumed. Uh, what is something that you are consuming? Um, so this weekend, I watched Bedazzled with my sister. <gasps> Never seen it before. Dolphin, dolphin, I adore. I did fan beneath the shore. <laughs> Obviously, we did that one for episode 80-something. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, no. So Saturday night, me and my sister were around. We had the dogs at our disposal, snuggled up with the dogs, had some dinner, watched some movies and shows. And she's, you know, whenever she decides, oh, yeah, like, let's watch something I Okay, you tell me what style, genre, whatever mm-hmm. thing you're looking for. I'll find us something. Now, I will, I will say that HBO did let me down in this case. I scrolled through literally every comedy movie because she said, "Let's." I want to laugh at something. I said, okay. And I scrolled through all the comedy movies, and I was a little underwhelmed by mm. the comedy um, arsenal at that time. Not to say there weren't any good movies on it, just nothing that was like we were in the mood for because we wanted to see something she hadn't seen before. Sure. There was a bunch of things on there that were good that she had seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went through a couple of different things. I went through, that, went through that, went through Netflix, went on to Amazon. Unfortunately, I had to rent it, but not a big deal. It's like four bucks, whatever. Rented Bedazzled, which is a thoroughly absurd movie that mm-hmm. we both enjoy. Love it. Not necessarily a good movie. No. Very enjoyable movie. That's very right. funny movie. Um, and short. It's like an hour and a half long. Mm-hmm. Um, she ended up really enjoying it. She's like, what is this? <laughs> movie i was like yeah nope that's that's the proper response continue watching and enjoying and she did and uh that that one even though i don't know that it's necessarily the strongest um segment overall the the dolphin song is great my favorite thing is him crying at the sunset especially at the end when 
<laughs> she leaves him for the the douchebag who invites her for a beer while she's on a date with with yeah. him, and he's he's typing in the number to the thing and he's crying because he's so in touch with his yeah. emotions. Turns to see the sunset one last time and just unleashes a howl. <laughs> <laughs> there is, I, I completely agree. That is one of my favorite moments in that movie. Also, when he's speaking Spanish and realizes that he's speaking Spanish. Oh my God, I speak Spanish. <laughs> and then he's just, he's just like completely tickled by the idea. <laughs> yes. Um, the other thing, the other thing I'll note on the movie in general is, um, I totally forgot. I don't know why. Probably just because it's a super short one. And like, I'm, I don't know, like they spent a lot more time on the earlier segments of what he wishes for. Totally forgot about him being Abraham Lincoln. Oh yeah. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Yeah. (laughs) When, When it happened, I was like, I don't even remember which one this one is. And then it shows up, and I was like, oh, that's right. I totally <laughs> forgot about this. <laughs> oh, man. That's silly. This is just a silly movie. And what else are you watching? Oh, I thought we were going to go back and forth. Oh, well, I'm not really watching much. I oh. I, I managed to watch the movie. Sure. For, for, I guess as far as consumption goes, I uh, I did get my hands on a little Halo because um, I've been I've been missing that game for a bit. I still haven't finished Infinite, so I, I was able to dive back in and clear a couple sections of the map. Very much nice. enjoy jumping in just to play for a little bit in that game. Um, I would love to to play through the rest of it, but it'll take me some time with my current schedule. Sure, still great. Okay. Um, so Friday night, I was home alone with the dogs, and I committed to watching Lord of the Rings: Return of the King extended at 8.15 in the evening, which was a horrible decision because it was very obvious I was never going to make it through. Mm -hmm. Despite my best efforts to delay my inevitable falling asleep on the couch while watching the movie, I made myself a nice trail mix. Nice. Little goldfish, little pretzels, peanuts, some craisins, some some chocolate chips. Made myself a nice bowl. Waited until I was about an hour into the movie. Started snacking. I made it through three of the four hours and fell asleep. <laughs> so, uh, love the movie. Disappointed in myself that I couldn't make it all the way through. It, it, it happens. It was late. I will say, I I ended up making, I actually made myself some trail mix yesterday. It's because I told you about the trail mix the other day. It must have been, it must have been in the back of my mind, but I yeah. wanted, I needed a snack. I was fading. I wanted something to eat. I didn't want something garbage. So, I, I threw a little snack together and it was, Mixed nuts, quinoa pretzels, uh, cocoa-dusted almonds, and I chopped up a few pieces of Al and Brian jerky. Oh. And I put it in. So you're still enjoying the jerky. I'm glad to hear that. Yes. Very much so. Okay. Thank you for the treat. You're welcome. Treat. I I wouldn't have thought to incorporate... I wouldn't have thought to incorporate the jerky into the trail mix, despite the fact that, historically, like, pemmican was essentially the first trail mix and definitely had like what's essentially beef jerky in it. So there you go. Yeah. I'm a genius. Yeah. <laughs> Reinventing the wheel. That's right. Uh, it's good stuff. Really good. I, I enjoy that trail mix. I will say as far as mixed nuts go, there are some nuts that are just far better than others. The cashew is the best nut. I wholeheartedly disagree. Well, I mean, in that context, I don't like cashews. I'm what? Uh, yeah. I, I keep, what? I thought I did. 
and I would eat what? them here and there, but I just don't. You can have mine. I, I will. Please send me cashews. all your cashews. I want right now. I want to. I want to trim it down. I would like some almonds. Almonds are like good. Macadamia nuts. Great, but they have no business being in a tramlex. They should be properly appreciated on their own. Well, in my defense, uh, I'm sure you saw that Super Bowl commercial. I do tend to eat the trail mix. This was a mixed nuts commercial, but I tend to eat the trail mix like a piece at a time. I'm not. I'm not ha- eating a handful of things. There, there's a happy medium. I like the little pinch of like three to six mm-hmm. items at a time. I don't want like a handful of it, but I also don't want to be picking them individually most for the most part. No, maybe I could throw some walnuts in there. I'm not sure. I think I'm next time. Uh, see, I, I wouldn't like a wal- a walnut in that. I like walnuts. I like walnuts. For, for a trail mix. I think cashews are shit. No, cashews are literally the best nut in that sort of thing. Like macadamias are almost like their own category. They're next level. They're next level nut. Well-salted macadamia, there's a reason they're super expensive. One of the reasons is because they're from Hawaii. The other reason is because they're fucking delicious. They are so good. (laughs) Um, So let's just take them out of the equation. They're the best. They're in their own category. Going back to the mortal nuts. Cashews are the best. Cashews are the best for that sort of thing. Almond second best. And then all the other nuts. Yeah. Maybe pistachios also just... should be eaten separately. Yeah. You know what? There's pistachios in this mixed nuts group, too, that I'm not really a fan of. That's fine, too. Oh, I just feel like you're not. Nuts. That's fine. They're below cashews and. and um... Cashews can get the hell out of my life. No, cashews are delightful. You, you can have. I told cashews. you, you can have my cashews. I, I will gladly what are you take them. me in place of the cashews? Nothing. I'm I will take. Them. I will take your macadamia nuts. <laughs> no, I'm taking them from you because you don't deserve them. <laughs> I'm going to eat them to spite you. <laughs> no, but seriously, you, slander. you can have them. You can, have, you can have your garbage nut. Take your mini hard banana. And get out They're of salty and sweet all at the same time. I don't like their texture. I don't like their... The texture's their, a little odd, but who their, cares? Their crunchy squeak it can just get out of my life. What? They like kind of squeak in your teeth, but they're, they have a little bit of a crunch to them. I don't like them. But all nuts do not that. not like this one. The cashew's got something odd going on. It's just on. because of the shape. The shape's odd. The, it's like a it, 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 it's like a mini cornucopia. Like the it's like a little you know. I don't. I'm just not a. Stop again. Ugh. Well, please, if you if you can dig up any cashews in your house, please send them I'll to send me. them your way. Overnight. <laughs> what else are you consuming? Um. Ted Lasso, I mentioned to you Man. the other day. We talked about it some, but I've I watched a few more episodes since our last recording. I uh, have like two or three episodes. I think actually I had started an episode and was cut off for some reason. It was the one where, spoiler alert, Rebecca's dad dies. Mm. Um, but I didn't finish that episode. They haven't gone to the funeral <laughs> You didn't yet, finish so. that? There's a good ending there. No, I've only watched like the first four or five oh, minutes of good. that episode. So. Oh, you have a treat ahead of you. No. Nice. I'm so glad. I still I, every time you tell me about you watching the show, it makes me so happy because I love it so much. Yeah, it, it is pretty, pretty excellent. I gotta say though, a couple of things about Rebecca's relationship currently: hmm. dating your employee, extremely not good, especially when they're about half your age. <laughs> just, just so many problems with that that will ultimately, inevitably, probably show up. Right, like it's just not hmm. a, a safe bet. It's not a good sure. bet. Sure. Also, I gotta say on on a personal note. I thought that storyline was going to lead us to her and Ted being together. I thought the, yeah. the oh, I mean, that was the, that was the clear setup. Yes. And, um, and then even, even up to the scene 
of them texting back and forth and them finally cutting to Ted texting. Yes. Yeah, that was good. That was that was a good bait and switch. Well, that was the part where like I felt like it was cemented because I had already had long suspected that. Yeah. Um, from the first season, mm-hmm. um, before the whole banter thing came up. Um, but then it was, you know, great bait and switch, truly shocking, like twist, but it didn't really ring as genuine to me. Like there wasn't any sort of setup to that where like you could even look back and be like, okay, they weren't like hinting at it, but like the clues were there. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they've had one or two interactions and like, that's whatever, but like, we never had any sort of they were of common mind or. But they didn't know that, they were talking to each other. No, I know. But I mean, like, you could have, like, very gently laid the Oh, like, work. just to show that it could have yes. been. Yeah. I think they, they probably, I feel like they probably played the hand that way so that it would be so shocking. Yeah, uh, I guess so. Yeah. Um, that being said, they have kind of sort of made a cute couple. It just feels yeah. like that's destined not to work out. Sure. And I, obviously, I don't have the benefit of seeing the whole way the season works out, but just that age difference and the fact that he works for her mm. and like, you know, we're talking about multiple levels of distance between them where it's not like, you know, it, it would have been, it would be bad for her to be dating her Ted as well because he's works for her, but then to go another level down below management to like base level employees is, as much as, you know, he's a tremendous player and, and all of that. And it's a different situation when you're talking about pro sports where like the labor is also the talent. It's the product itself. Mm. Like obviously elevates it beyond like, a traditional workforce, obviously. Mm. Just super not wise. <laughs> yeah. the, I forget exactly the mechanics of what happens in the next few episodes, but I think it, it all it will all play out. There's a uh, one thing that I was always I was nervous about, which I think will come up in the next episode that you're watching is uh how is she gonna break the news to her niece who loves who loves him so much? Oh, yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but I guess it makes sense because I think literally the last scene, like I didn't even finish the scene, but when I had to turn it off, I'm pretty sure Sassy had just jumped over the balcony yeah. and it invaded her apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously the niece will show up in some way, yeah. shape or form. Yeah, that's good. Cool. Glad. I'm glad you're watching that. I'm still watching American Idol and loving it. <laughs> I'm still just vaguely confused by it's, this phenomenon. It, yeah, me too, man. Same. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got uh so as i alluded to earlier finally after a very 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 long wait nearly a year and a half i have my own personal xbox series x last week i you know every once in a while i'd see on twitter or like on google or some other alert like hey xbox series x are for sale and typically the news was like six hours out of date so it was too late sometimes someone has forwarded to me a message that um has been like hey go see if you can buy one and they've always been out of stock or the website's crashed or whatever. Or sometimes I've seen one where it's like, Hey, tomorrow at nine o'clock, they're going to go on sale and you go on and the website crashes and you don't get one and whatever. So the other day, um, it was last Tuesday. I want to say, um, I think that I think so because I remember thinking about mentioning it on the episode and I didn't when we did it, I was like, you know what? Let's just wait to see if I actually get it. And then I like, I got the email forwarded to you, (laughs) (laughs) but anyway, um, I just saw on like, you know, like if you open Google Chrome on your phone, like underneath, like your like recent sites is like, Hey, check these things out. You might be interested in them. One of them was like Xbox series X on sale at Walmart. I was like, Oh, that was from like six hours ago. It's probably out of stock. And I clicked on it and it was like, yeah, go on the website. They're just like 
being sold it generally. There. <laughs> and I was like, really? And I clicked on it and was like, kept like looking around waiting for like, okay, so when does the punchline hit? Right. And I'm like going through all the things going onto the account. Your phone just like explodes in your hand. Ah, nope. you got me. <laughs> At every stage just kept working, kept working, kept working. And I was like, so I'm going to hit order. You're going to tell me I, I'm not going to get it. Right. right. Sure. Clicked on it. It'll be here Saturday. It's like, I still don't believe you, yeah. <laughs> but I got a confirmation email, so at least I have hope at this time, and inevitably I knew that wasn't going to work out, because then like Thursday or Friday, whatever day it was, it was like, actually, you're going to get it next Tuesday, and I was like, fuck you, yeah. and that's when I forwarded the email to you, and then the next day after that, it was like, haha, joke's on you, we're actually coming Sunday, and I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> You're a terrible negotiator. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I was worried because it was like it's very not adamant. Jones all over again. <laughs> yeah, I was very. It was very adamant to me when I was on the website, in the email, in the text message updates I was getting on the FedEx site. All of those things. Someone 21 years or older must be present to sign. And I was like, that's going to be rough because Sunday I'm going to visit Anthony. And I'm not having my day be dictated by the Xbox delivery. So someone's going to be at the house to make sure that they get the thing. I left the house. It hadn't showed up. <laughs> Stopped in briefly with my friend Alex to drop off some beef jerky on the way to Anthony's. I see the ring thing pop up on my phone. It's a man delivering an Xbox to my house. And he dropped it in front of the door and ran away. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, the fuck? <laughs> oh my goodness. Texted my sister. She brought it inside, brought it inside. So I spent... Monday after I got home, setting up the Xbox, which thankfully was a delightfully simple process. I told you. Yeah. It was a um, treat. And it, it was a treat, considering we've come a long way from... You remember, like, the nightmare that, like, setting up, like, an N64 was? Well, why? Because you just didn't have the cables after you opened the box? Well, that's one of the reasons, yeah. One yeah. of the many, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, and then even, like, the next generation and the next generation after that... Like, I remember, like, my Xbox 360, I feel like it took a while for it to fully operate properly. My Xbox One wasn't too bad. That one set up all right and everything, but this thing was a dream. Yeah, well, the, no, like, so if you go, if you're going way back, like, N64, you may not have, you may not have had a TV that had the ports for the component cables um, yep. when you got it, right? That was one. So you may have needed an adapter, which, you know, you're getting, as a kid, getting that on, like, a Christmas morning, and not being able to play it, it sucks. Heartbreak. Uh, then you go into, um, I think the Xbox and PlayStation also had component cables. So by that point, you were probably pretty well set up. The 360 had some updates, I believe, um, over time. And well, and then, of course, they had the overheating problem. That well, yeah, the Reverend of Death is a whole separate issue. I'm just talking about setup. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then it really, it really got bad the next generation. Like, I feel like with the X, the one Xbox one and the PS four, like the amount of downloaded, like updates that you needed to download and install over time. Like, and like, then the games themselves had to be done. It was just, Oh my yeah, God. It was like 36 hours before you could play a game. Yeah. That's that. That's just too much. This, this one was just like, you can play stuff while you wait. Yeah. Well, I, I guess the only thing about the Xbox one that was like a mitigating factor was, I don't have to physically do anything. Yeah. You just have to go do your work on the internet. Like you figure out what yeah. you got to do. It's plugged in straightforward enough, mm -hmm. but like, I can't use you. You're just a very expensive energy dependent brick. Yeah. 
that's going to sort out your own shit before I can play with you. Mm -hmm. But at least I didn't have to play with anything and configure anything. It was just like all the cords came with it, plugged in, straightforward, pretty good roadmap. I really, I, I guess we've gravitated past or we've evolved past the need for this, but it was inspired having the setup where like you could feed your cable box through the Xbox and it was basically an app on that. Like it would have been even more powerful five years earlier when mm. like cable was still like the juggernaut that it was. But like, I actually loved that feature for what it was mm. like such a simple little thing. It was like, Oh, this is ingenious. Why hasn't everyone had this? Yeah. Um, of course it was like three years later that it was totally irrelevant, but yeah. that's not the Xbox's fault. Sure. <laughs> it's cable's fault. Sure. <laughs> Bastards. So are you going, are you, uh, are you vertical? Are you horizontal? Uh, horizontal just because of the, the thing that my TV is on has literally a perfect slot nice. that fits it with like half an inch to spare above it. So, okay, cool, cool. And what have you played? I played a little bit of Mass Effect Andromeda continuing on that campaign. I just, uh, broke 60% completion of that game. So, nice was playing a little bit of that before we started recording tonight too so cool. it is nice to be able to jump back and forth from those two things would you bring it with you here. to dominic no he has a series x oh and you're being just able jumping to, you're safe yeah that's uh being able to to do that through the cloud like that is uh pretty nice did you go with game pass no um i've been thinking about it i'll, I'll probably pull the trigger eventually yeah you should absolutely pull yeah just all those games at your disposal. It's just honestly, I'll probably pull the trigger like after I finish. Well, I don't know because I have like a Mass Effect Legendary Edition campaign as well. After I finish those two, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool man. I'm so glad you have it. That's exciting, and that's a lot of fun to be had ahead of you. I am looking forward to us both replaying and talking about Jedi Fallen Order. I don't know in around Christmas this year. I that is another a good one time to play it. That is another one that I definitely want to do again yeah. on a 4K box. Yeah, that especially is- since it has a Series X update. Yes. So, nice. Oh, that was a great game. Yes, it was. I love that game so much. I'm excited. I, I heard a rumor Rumbling. that we might hear an update on the next one soon. Ooh, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Take your time, though, you know? Take your time. Well, I'm saying just hearing an update. Yeah. So, Sweet. that would be exciting. What, uh, what else? Final thing yeah. that I'm consuming, I have kicked off the the reading, the book club has kicked off in the last day or two, the reading of The Last Wish, the first book chronologically in the main narrative path of the Witcher series. So if you want to jump on board, now's your time. Okay. I think I have that one. So. Okay. Maybe I will. Maybe I mean, I'm, I only just started the second chapter, so there's more than enough time. I think your sister's cousin's friend brian uh when i talked to him a couple hours ago said he was downloading it on audible so i mentioned it to the two of them a couple days ago let's start they both seemed on board so hopefully dominic did as well i haven't actually checked in with him to see if he started or not but uh now's the time if you want to join the book club cool sounds good okay uh-oh uh-oh i'm tired <laughs> yeah, no, so I just saw you yawn. Yeah, that's uh, that's gonna be a no on fun and games this week. What else? Do you, you have any more consumption? I know there's nope, that was thing. the final. Con- that was the final uh, well, consumption. So. so, well, I do have to ask. Uh, how was Moon Knight? Oh, it was interesting. I mean, it's it was a first episode. It was okay, but like, I think they did a good job of not wasting too much time kicking things off into like okay. 
where the story is going to go. Like, let's call it the first. It's a, you know, 47 minute episode. Mm-hmm. The first 10, 12 minutes kind of set up who's who and what's going on. Well, sorry. They set up Steve Grant and what he's doing. He's a not even like tour guide at a museum. Like he's the gift shop guy at a, like the Egyptian museum in London. And he's kind of a nerd. And you can already see there's some things that don't quite make sense for his life and all. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, he wakes up in the countryside of some unnamed middle to Eastern European, middle to Eastern European like village. And, um, you know, hijinks ensue. Okay. Also, Fah Murray Abraham is the voice of the Egyptian god Khonshu, I think. They didn't say the name in the episode, but that's the name. Uh, Dar Dal? Yes, him. Oh, man. Dar? Look at you. Yeah, I, I didn't realize Making that waves. was going to be the, the case, but um, he's, uh, he's the voice of the god himself, not... Well, I don't know. Maybe he'll be the voice of Moon Knight, too. I don't know, because he didn't speak in this one. We only, we only get a little glimpse of Moon Knight, but okay. we get... A lot of Stephen Grant, a little bit of Mark Spector, and some voiceover from Daradal himself. Cool. Is Plus this... a little a creepy dabble of Ethan Hawke. <laughs> Very a creepy dabble of Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Um, also, one of the most physically sympathetic, painful thing, like where like you're watching something and you feel the pain mm. to kick off the show because it actually technically starts with him. So okay. it's uh, pretty rough. Gotcha. I. Uh, if you if you feel sympathetic pain from things you watch or hear or, or listen to that is like oh god and you can picture yourself going through it like mm-hmm. you're gonna get that from the first scene of oh this. boy okay great it's not great great uh, so maybe I won't put this on as I'm laying down in bed after this well I mean it's a very short scene but okay. it's uh, it's I have no idea why he does the thing that he does to himself mm. it's gonna take you a minute to figure out what it is that he's gonna do and then when you see it you're like no. Huh. No! Oh boy. I'm uncomfortable already. Fantastic. Uh, do we know anything about the what the intention is for this show? Like, is it like a limited series? Is it a full-blown series? Is it, it, a... I think they've been kind of they've been marketing with it, it as a six-episode event. Okay, so it's this is so probably it. Sounds like its intention is probably to be a one-off, but... I don't know why, unless it's gonna, in it's, unless it's gonna introduce some character at some point that's gonna be important somewhere else. Because Moon Knight seems like a weird character from the run of comics. Like he's mm. been one of those ones who's had a lot of different backstories and takes on the character. It's been kind of a messy character, which makes sense when you consider that he's a person who has both a split personality that's a regular human being and also an alter ego who is a supernatural being Mm. that's a lot yeah already um also the fact that they're introducing you know like egyptian gods for this obviously comics some of them you know the dc one tends to do the greek gods sure um marvel has some of the egyptian gods and some of the there's other ones too right i think so i I, i'm i'm just kind of interested in this because i don't know anything yeah, I know which nothing I, about this character other than what I've read in the lead up to the show. So. And I kind of like this idea of an event. Like, if they, what if they're doing? Like, what if they decide to do these for origins going forward? Like that. that I feel like that's cool because you could like, yeah. flesh out a character, get some idea on backstory, get like a whole arc going, and then like I don't know, maybe they get a movie, or maybe 
they just become part of an ensemble in a film or other events later on that go on, but you have that backstory. I, I, I kind of dig what they're up to. To your point about caginess, then the like few days, week, whatever, of lead up to this show coming out, the way they've been talking about it, it sounds like Ethan Hawke and, and Oscar Isaac joined up with the show because they maybe don't have the level of commitment that other people have to be part of the MCU mm. at large. Interesting. And yet this show is from what I understand, very much canon. Right. I don't understand how and why you have a show that's fully canon if it's not going to link in in some way to the rest of it. I'm not saying that we have to have a Moon Knight movie. I'm not saying that sure. he has to be a feature player in a bunch of movies, but like, it'd be nice to see him show up somewhere, some way. Yeah, yeah. You know? I guess we'll see. Oh, sorry. There is one more thing that I watched, which I showed to you, and that is the deleted scene from the Batman that's been circulating. Yes, I watched it as well a couple of days and ago. And boy, oh boy, did I love it. It was an experience. I thought it was a tremendous performance. And I I was kind of bummed that it didn't make its way into the actual film. Like because there's you can tighten up a number of scenes throughout that movie if you need to if you need to make space for it. Yeah. I I don't know if it 100% would have fit in with the rest of the movie. Like, I like the scene in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it might have brought things to a screeching halt if you deployed it in the movie. It, maybe. Yeah, I, and I, I can see that, because I do think I do like the introduction of the character the way they did it in the actual movie. Um, yeah. It's just that, ah, uh, that scene, like, and having the deleted scene is nice because what they can it just shows the potential for what they could do with their version of that character in this universe, so I'm pretty pumped yeah. about that. Grotesque and creepy and uh, grounded in that reality. Uh, so I'm pretty pretty pumped about it. And also, like, what a follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> so, pretty cool. I am being specifically cagey, obviously, with the, <laughs> this is the theme right now. <laughs> with, yeah. with which character, in case you uh, don't want any sort of spoilers. But there is a deleted scene that is circulating that you can see if you've seen the Batman. Uh, cool. I think with that, it may be time for our flick of the week. Free Guy, released in 2021, rated PG-13 with an hour and 55 minute runtime. Your IMDb synopsis. A bank teller discovers that he's actually an NPC inside a brutal open world video game. That's it. That was more abrupt than I expected. uh, (laughs) And that's the end of that thought. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I guess the so. IMDb synopsis, which I will read to you now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what's your hot take on this one? A surprisingly well thought out and fun ride, a video game movie done right, perhaps because it's about the story around a game, but not based on one. 7.5 out of 10. Nice. Free Guy starts as a silly, cutesy, nostalgia-driven pop comedy and quickly levels up into an unexpectedly entertaining movie with a decent, though generic story. Catchphrase. <laughs> Eight out of ten. Okay. I yeah, I love it, man. It's a it's a fun movie. This is like the I feel like this is the exact movie that if I still flipped channels, it would be the one that I'm like, oh, and I would just put the remote down. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is a big just pop in and watch five or twenty or forty five minutes of this movie, mm-hmm. possibly while you're doing something else, possibly while you're eating breakfast, possibly while you're eating dinner. Possibly while you're making movie. bread in the oven. <laughs> Possibly while you're making bread in the oven and then eating said bread in the oven. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's just a treat. Like he's Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds is obviously a thing that I like. I'm not tired of it yet, um, which I feel like I should be by now, but I'm not. I still find it very entertaining. I don't know. I don't know why he doesn't get on. Me. I feel like he should get on my nerves at this point. There's times. It depends on how much fun it seems like he's having mm-hmm. with it. And it depends on the kind of overall quality of the writing around him. Yeah. Because it starts to strain for me when the writing of the movie is bad and he has to go into extra Ryan Reynolds mode. Sure. Okay, because I can see that. I you can you can almost see that he can see, oh god, this is all going down in flames around me. I got to work harder and it's like you it's got to be natural for it to really work and when yeah. you work like I'm not going to blame you cuz I feel like you're trying to be the hero of this story in a meta way where it's like this movie is is just dog shit and you're trying to make it not dog shit. And so I appreciate the effort, even though the effort's not in your favor. Maybe that's why he doesn't get on my nerves is because he's always seems to be giving 110%. Yeah. I feel like it's coming from the right place. Yeah. That's, that's, that's gotta be what it is. Uh, But then again, like with this one, fun story. uh, Great. It's like, it's got big Wreck-It Ralph vibes with like living in the video game world. Uh, but but whole- also like pretty obvious grafting onto that of like the like kind of ethos and mythos of like a, a gears uh, not gears of war of um Grand Theft Auto yep. like specifically like Grand Theft Auto Five when you consider like the whole multiplayer yeah, portion like, of yeah, it the with GTA like the heists and all and that stuff, stuff. yeah and- <laughs> for sure it's just so funny like to I also liked the repeats over and over of him like getting up getting his clothes saying hello to his goldfish sitting at the counter eating his cereal and laughing at the horrible news that's on oh, <laughs> it's gonna God. be blood running through the streets by tuesday evening <laughs> i love you know oh it's gonna be a beautiful sunny day with a chance of drive-bys <laughs> there's there and you know there's so much fun to be had throughout the movie because like on top of like they lean into it right like I love this idea of exploring. You can't half-ass this sort of thing. You have to whole-ass it. You got to whole-ass it. I love this idea of exploring an NPC's life. <laughs> that That is just really, that really tickled me. But then on top of that, like, they get it. Like, they get a lot of video game tropes. Like, there was, like, there are little things that are happening around the scene that are. Oh, my God. A million of them that cracked me up. Like, we're like, it's funny because I watched this movie with my parents. And they enjoyed the movie, mm-hmm. but they, they couldn't possibly have enjoyed a lot of it the way that I did. Right, they, they could only enjoy it to a certain level. Yeah, there's so many things going on in the background, like a guy running down the street and just jumping every couple of steps, yep. which is like, how many times have you played a game and you just watch some idiot who just keeps jumping around the map? Like, even though he's not like, there's no added benefit to the jump. It's not increasing his speed, none of that. Yeah. He's not jumping onto a platform or anything like that. He's just jumping, you know. There was a, another thing like was like even more detail like, because that's a background thing. There's yep. a million of those background things. We can talk about a couple of our favorite versions of that. Mm-hmm. But there was something as stupid like, and again, I think of specifically Grand Theft Auto. And other games do versions of this too, but Grand Theft Auto in particular. When um, I think is the first time him and um, I forgot the name of the girl character in the game, Molotov girl. Yes, her. Um, when they're first going to raid that guy's house, mm-hmm. and she's holding a knife. And she just moves her hand and it becomes a gun. Yeah. And it's like, how many times have you been playing like Grand Theft Auto and you start cycling through your weapons yeah. and you see the new gun <laughs> pop up in their hand? That was that was great. Uh, the, my, you had mentioned the guy like running, like just jumping randomly. There's one a guy in the background like 
jumping at a wall a couple times and then he gets stuck and he stutters. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, this is completely throwaway and doesn't need to be there, but somebody paid enough attention to do this. And that made me so happy. <laughs> the, a bunch of those things where like someone was like standing like still like on like a street corner. And then you just saw their like, like their outfit change. And then they continued yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh man, it's just, it's so fun. I also I'll say this is kind of like the other version of like Ready Player One was like aspirational, right? Where it's like this is what video games and like the metaverse, like which we're seeing obviously like Zuckerberg work on, like this is what it's going to look like years from now. But and like you know, okay, they have like a lot of the nostalgia of like you know this guy's playing as Master Chief, that guy's playing as you know whatever character, you know this that and the other thing. Here's the there's something from Jurassic Park, and here's something from whatever. Whereas this one very much felt like what video gaming right now on like the online like like MMO world feels like with like obviously a little bit of a step forward and but like it, it feels like oh I could be playing that five years from now yeah. not fifty years from now you know yeah they they definitely they definitely captured the moment for sure especially especially bringing in actual streamers. Yes. And having well, the I mean, that was a whole another level. Of it, it, yeah. I feel like that was like really to just really capture the zeitgeist entirely. Like, it, like yes. just like well done. And but then for the character, for the NPC to start to question things like one, the the depth of the AI conversation, uh, like it doesn't deserve to be this good in the <laughs> and yet it is. And then. Uh, and then to add the level of that up to where like player characters are walking around and like parroting back the lines they know are coming because like mm-hmm. how many times have you played a game where it's like oh I love this game so you've played it multiple times yep. and like you actually talk back some of the lines they're gonna say to you because mm-hmm. they're like the same <laughs> way you would when you watch a movie that you love where like That's right. like me watching Lord of the Rings and like quoting it as you go or Star Wars or Godfather whatever movie or show you love right like yeah but they're parroting it back at the NPC but now you get to see the NPC react like huh that's weird that they knew <laughs> yeah I didn't I know what I was say. gonna say. And then just keep going on with their day, like nothing happened. I love that moment, that first moment of rebellion when he's at the coffee shop and <laughs> she gives him his coffee. I would like to try a cappuccino. Oh, that's just like a waterfall of lo- a waterfall of letters rolling off your tongue. <laughs> with the to see every every character like panic and look at him like what the. F- are you doing and then all of that is building up including a tank that is in the background not just <laughs> a tank turn. is it not a scorpion is it not a halo scorpion i don't think that one was the scorpion that one just looked like a legit just like a regular old tank the scorpion was in a previous scene just crushing cars in the background i think it was the same tank oh, i think it? it's the halo scorpion mm. but still that was just it's just like and then and he's like i'm just messing with you and everybody's fine the tank Turret goes back to the street. Well, because like, bef- I think before even the tank shows up and and does that in the background, doesn't the cop say something to him? Um, you're gonna get yourself killed or something like that. Yeah, or you want to die? Like he's <laughs> something along those lines. But oh, and how about that too? Like even even after the fact, like there's just like certain things that he held, holds on to. Like I love it. It cracks me up every time he was in the coffee shop and would go. Officer Johnny, as he's as he's leaving, and then there's a scene later on in the movie where he just gets completely wrecked by a car, and he's laying on the floor, and he's like, he looks dead, and then the cop walks by, and his hand just pops up, and he goes, Officer Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, it's so great. I love the uh I loved the whole concept of the the game that the two characters had actually made, like being in the source code and like hidden behind the wall. And I also like how they did it in a completely just in a way that like I feel like anybody that doesn't understand anything about this stuff could just understand so that the story made sense, but like can get the idea of what's happening. I yeah, because like, they, they do make this movie in, in such a way that even if you are not a gamer in any way, shape, or form, you can still enjoy the movie for itself. Yeah. And I feel like any, even as somebody like who codes, it's still like it wasn't offensive. Like there were certain there were some silly lines where it's like, shut up. But <laughs> with other but otherwise, like it was just like I feel like it was really just well scripted to just be understood by all audiences. Yeah, and I I loved that. I feel like it's very it's a very accessible movie. Oh, say so it's nice where you can make it accessible, but not to the point where you're like you as someone who works, you know, obviously kind of somewhat at arm's length, but still within the same industry to just be like, no, that's wrong, idiots. Like you know, yeah. that that's the type of thing that drives me nuts. Where it's like, no, that's just flat out wrong, like 150 percent wrong. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there's like. <laughs> The only thing that bothered, like, there was, like, a, just a couple of eye-rolly moments where, like, they're having that, the old interview clip. And it's, like, for me, it's about, it's about 100% about the code. And the, she's, like, here we go. And it's, like, it's just, like, he's, like, you know, words lie. He's, like, well, like, ones and zero. I was just, like, just stop. <laughs> just stop at least everything just, you're saying. At least that's, like, that's a non-specific form of just cringy. Oh, yeah. 100%. Cliche stuff. <laughs> like, that's not, like, a, like, a they got it wrong or oversimplified type of thing, you know, yep. it's just, you're kind of a douche. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, that was, that was great. I loved the, the whole, the whole sequence in the early parts of the movie where the two cops come up, the, the mm-hmm. porn stash cop and, <laughs> and rabbit. <laughs> and it's like, just take off your skin. What? What? <laughs> I don't understand what you're asking me. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was pretty great that that just like fish out of water yeah. like, miscommunication thing also just the idea of oh what are you gonna go with and the two of them show up totally fucking ridiculous because they get to do whatever they want because they design the game they can write whatever they want there is for something it. really unsettling about that jacked rabbit it was pink no it was jacked <laughs> no yeah, but it was pink too it like was. It's, you look like a rabbit like it's just at this point it's it's beyond the point of like this is a rabbit or even an anthropomorphic rabbit it's like this is all of this is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, big fan of Guy's Buddy Buddy. <laughs> I actually forgot that was his name. Um, yeah, well, I mean, he's always good in whatever role he's in. And, and like, I think they used him pretty judiciously in this. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes he's kind of like the voice of the machine, right? Where it's like you can't break free from that or whatever, but sometimes he's kind of like the voice of the audience. Mm-hmm. Like he's also just kind of like, he's a supportive buddy. Who's also like, be more realistic. He was a classic sidekick NPC. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was great. I just, I, I think it was also, he also had depth though too, which was pretty impressive of like, as just a, like, you know, as the comic relief in a comedy, which is an interesting character to have. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's also like, has that like crisis of mind of like, I, I hear what you're saying, but 
I am afraid to accept it, so I'm not going to take the glasses and understand and 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 look through them at that moment in the bank. And I was like, this is this is actually pretty deep. <laughs> well, there's a lot awesome. of this that I mean, what ends up being the crux of the movie, right? Like, we're early on. I'm like, huh, what is going on here? Like, I was like, is this someone who hacked the game and he's the player character? Like, is it like what's going on here? And at a certain point, I made the connection. Oh, it's obviously got to be the whole AI thing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, eventually you find out that's what it is. And like, that's like actually a really clever way. Cause I thought this movie was going to be really dumb. Like mm-hmm. I thought it had a chance to be fun and enjoyable, but I thought it was going to be really dumb and it is in some ways, but intentionally so. Mm-hmm. And to be intentionally dumb and good, you actually have to be smart and clever to write that. Yeah. And the depths of it, whether it be something like that or some of the intricate nuances of like, like we talked about already, some of the background stuff going on or, why like iterating this story? Cause that can become monotonous when you just iterate and iterate and iterate. And said, this becomes like fresh and new as we see the different versions of this, like leveling up and to have something like that story where you have something that seems, I mean, obviously it should be, it's Chekhov's source code. Right. Mm-hmm. But for that to, to come through in that sort of like real and interesting way. Yeah. I thought it was a really cool bit of writing for this movie. I agree. I agree. I will say one thing that is really amazing is that the movie is fun and entertaining and enjoyable and we're learning what's happening, the story is unfolding, and then we we are just propelled into the stratosphere when Antoine makes his first appearance <laughs> on how ridiculous we can get because Taika Waititi is just amazing. He plays such an incredible douchebag yeah. <laughs> and it's... It was it's so much fun to watch, and there's one line that stuck with me the first time, and I left just as hard the second time. I forget what somebody says to him, and he's like, "You just gave me ass and ball cancer at the same time." And then he pauses and he just yells, "Inoperable!" <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, he feels very steeped in, like game culture from like 15 years ago mm-hmm. which obviously we still know some of that's getting rooted out like yeah see see what's gone on with activision mm-hmm. and um you see the evolutions of like studios like epic and other places and you know it's like okay i guess we're getting better but we're still not all the way there yet and obviously this character is a hyper realized version of some of those people but instead of being glorified like they were in the past, now it's like, no, you were the bad guy. You were the worst. <laughs> and that's why you you can have that sort of character and you can let him play it up to, like, turn it up to 11 absurdist right. version of it. And it really works in this situation to do it that way. And he was probably, like, the perfect type of person to play this. Role. I'm not saying he's the only person who could play it, but sure. like, he, he was the perfect type of person to play this role. Yeah, it was uh, to play it to play it in a goofy in a goofy way too, right? So like to add yeah. that comedic level because like uh, you talk about like he's basically uh, if you you haven't watched it actually since you have your trial of Apple TV, I also encourage you to watch Mythic Quest because I think you would really enjoy it. I would like to get to that one. I'm definitely going to finish Ted Lasso and probably watch Severance first because I like yeah, that, I mentioned to you the other day really like that that I've heard like unanimously fantastic things. About I'm pretty, show, pretty so. pumped about that. But like, he's basically uh Rob McElhenney's character, but like, uh, but goofier, like, like, and, and very silly and over the top. Whereas like Rob McElhenney's an egomaniac and <laughs> he's, it, it's, it's always sunny, but in a 
gaming <laughs> yeah uh culture <laughs> brief, brief sidebar here but like new zealand is really having a moment like between like obviously like kind of it feels like the, the start of all of that was lord of the rings being shot there like kind of mm. making everyone aware of like that being like a thing for like movie tv whatever you have the flight of the concord stuff what we do in the shadows has spawned you know the excellent careers of Jermaine Clement. Taika Waititi is one of the, the top players in like acting directing yeah. currently as much as we dislike her. You can't disagree with the fact that Jane Campion is at the top of mm-hmm. the game right now. Like it's just sure. irrefutable. You have the flagship show between him and Reese Darby of our flag means death on HBO. Right. Like there's uh, I, as much as I said, I, her voice kind of drives me nuts. I actually like the actress, and she played a, a pretty major role in The Expanse, just having wrapped up the actress fr- from there. There's a handful of other things, like very noticeably New Zealander, mm. like actors and actresses and, and filmmakers and showmakers. It's like, it's so odd for a, a small, and I, like, this is going to sound offensive, I don't mean it so, but like seemingly to the public backwatery place is to have such a, a major grip on so many forms of media right now. Mm. It's like, huh, that's interesting. That's kind of cool that that's what's going on. Like, yeah. Cause it definitely offers a different perspective Sure, when we have such a U.S. centric version of those things to, to get those outsider perspectives in a way that's kind of more or less so inherently positive, like enjoyable and whatever it's different ways that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's just, it seems odd to me. Like it would be like if, I don't know, football was all of a sudden like populated with a ton of, you know, great players from Kazakhstan or something right. like that. Like it's just like like totally random place yeah, like yeah. that you would never think of. Sure. And I think it's kind of cool to see that. Yeah, it is. It's it's awesome. Uh that's that's a really good point. He he's he's just God, I will watch anything that he does at this point. Yeah, I he the next time he misses will be the first time that I'm aware of. Right. I Every time I think about him, and like there, there are some hilarious moments from his movies, right? And and the roles that he's played and things that he's directed that that come in and out of my head. But any time his name pops up, all I can think of is the, like the first thing is the, that comes to mind is the scene in Ragnarok where the rock f- pieces of his body are falling off, and he goes, "Oh, well, there goes that." <laughs> and I don't like, but he's mid, like he's talking. And and stops to say that, and then continues what he's saying because a part of his character's body fell off. Like how does I don't even know how those lines are created and delivered because that is a CG character. Like what what happened there? Like do they do they <laughs> do do they actually like have the thing in front of you and then you do the lines and he like improv? Do you improvise that by looking at the character while you're delivering the lines? Did he think about that because he knows the character is made of rocks? What happened there? <laughs> well, it, it introduces like a chicken or an egg situation. It's like they said, oh, like we're just gonna have a piece of it. So like in mid sentence, I want you to break off. Or like was he recording his lines in like a sound studio and then like something like falls off like the microphone or someone like knocks over a cup of coffee. Oh, he's like, Oh, well there goes that like, oh, well, he's in character man. and they write it in. Oh, like man. either way, I think it's just as cool and entertaining. I agree. Oh, that's so, <laughs> that's great. I want, <laughs> like I will, I would watch the whole documentary on that, <laughs> on how these things happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I, I always think of that. That's a great little, moment too i always think of to me the couple of seminal moments to him like as an actor i think of 
from that movie as well. Piss off ghost where he just comes on. He's, he's <laughs> kicking at the wall and, he's, and Loki's just gone. <laughs> There's like a kind of like a, an important emotional heartfelt scene and Loki disappears and he just comes running up and gets pissed off ghost yeah. and he kicks at the wall. Totally not understanding what's going on. I think of the, uh, <laughs> the scene in Jojo rabbit where the, the kid is finally trying to break free of the, and he goes, was, I don't, was it just give me one little sig Heil? Was yeah. that what he was saying? And he's like, come on, come on, just give me one little sig Heil. Come on, come on. <laughs> I'm just like, I shouldn't be laughing at this, yeah. but like, I, I can't, I literally can't help myself. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> I God, that movie was so ridiculous. And that's another one that cracks me up. And it's not even a scene with him. It's just after they came to the house because they were investigating the mother, <laughs> just like, and somebody else arrives like mo- like a few minutes later. It's like, oh, what's it? What did I miss? Well, I hailed him. He hailed the other one. Then we all hailed each other. And then you came in, <laughs> and we hailed you. <laughs> was this? Was, this, was that? Uh, was it Stephen Merchant? Yeah. Is that what was it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, I guess it, it, thinking back on Korg and the Rock falling off, like he directed that movie, so it is very like for that one. Maybe it's not as. Uh, Maybe that's just something that was in his mind, right? Of like yeah. for the scene, but like for other, I mean, but that's just that one. Like, there's other things where a, with a CG character, where like I think like Olaf, like in Frozen, and some of the lines that are delivered, and how that, like I'm just so curious how that evolves over the course of creating the movie. Yeah, you know. Oh man, it's so funny. Uh, we there's there's still there's still there's plenty of people to touch on. But uh, I just want to quickly mention, dude, uh, because they also it's pretty great just for a second. Yeah, that the leveled up version of guy is dude. <laughs> I love it. I also love that when I love that the solution to guy getting his ass beat by dude was to put the glasses on him and distract him with all the pretty candies, I think is how he said it. Yeah, it it was a, a clever like considering he had already leveled up so many level like you know he had weapons and tactics and physical abilities. It's like I just have no chance here. Yeah, and like what is he gonna do? That's quite a gambit, right? Like I I also like that when they showed you that the glasses on dude at the bottom in his inventory, the first thing that's highlighted was whey protein. <laughs> <laughs> That reminds me of uh, you, know, you keep talking. I got to find, see if I can find the text version of this so I can read it. Cause there's something f- that just reminded me of something funny. So you, you continue on. Sure. Well, on, on the topic of dude, the other things that really, that really cracked me up. One is the, is the blue shirt tattooed on his pec. Which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. uh, even though catchphrase is a great, is a great moment. Uh, when he says it, it's like, it's, you know, I, I didn't get to finish him yet. But catchphrase is a pretty cool catchphrase, I think. Uh, and then to follow it up with, like, that's not, like, we're not just going to throw it away there. Like, no, this character is not fleshed out. And he's like, he's like, there are three things that I love. It's like, I don't know, like, beating up people, other thing. And, and something. TBA. The third yeah, one was TBA. TBA. <laughs> or TBD, whatever. That was awesome. Oh my goodness! And then later on, he's describing something, and he goes, "Adjective." <laughs> <laughs> but then, uh, in the in the midst of all that, Buddy, when he sees the character the first time, he's like, "Oh my goodness, he's like you, but but like way better." 
<laughs> and he's like, let me see these. And he just like touches his pecs and he's <laughs> he's moving them up and down. And guy's like, I don't think he likes that. And it's like, hey, he's fine. And he's just doing it. And then he just gets walloped and he's like thrown across the room. Oh my goodness. It's so silly. It's just, uh, it, what a, it's just so much fun. I was truly shocked when dude comes onto the screen because it's so obviously some other gigantic, mm-hmm. obscenely shaped person. And so it feels intentionally horribly CGI'd on Ryan Reynolds Yeah, face. I agree. Like it feels intentional because it's, it's a pretty obvious signifier of how lazy and like, like slapped together that was mm-hmm. by the team specifically like led by the, what was the Antoine? That's right. Uh, the Antoine like character where like, Oh, they haven't even imported all the characters over. He's just like, oh yeah, I've like we've been working on this other one. Just like upload him or whatever. It's like he's he's not done. Like yeah, it's fine. Like it'll be fine. And like we we saw, yeah. Oh, my favorite three things, you know, yeah. TBA and uh, you know whatever you know, catchphrase. <laughs> they haven't even written the dialogue. That's so he only has half of a character written out for him. Um, and of course, like it's like an alpha version of the character where the face is clearly just someone else's faith grafted onto him. And they haven't made like, they haven't smoothed out the lines of that transition yet. Yeah. Oh my God. This is so silly. Uh, there's another character that I love and it was, it was a Revengeman button. <laughs> and, and Channing Tatum, he's, he is a very funny person. I feel like he's got he's got great he's got great delivery. He's got terrific like body comedy that he does, like physical comedy. And the dancing and like the transition between like tough guy and then like super nerd in that moment because he is just the person playing the character. Yeah. Was like to to flip back and forth and like then get like all crazy and excited like throughout the whole like, it was just such a treat to watch. And then doing the I- dancing in the middle of all <laughs> <laughs> I think he I think he got bad advice from like his agent early on in his career cuz I feel like they tried to like made him like like a leading man because you know he's a you know, he's a a fit like good looking guy. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, but he just doesn't have the acting chops for that. He's good at comedy. Yeah. Just let him go be funny. Yeah. I Like he's a better version of what they're trying to do with John Cena in some movies. Like yeah. like he's not as jacked as John Cena, but he's funnier than him and he's jacked enough to like I feel like he kind of missed the boat because his best roles are like 21 and 22 jump yeah. street and stuff like this, or even like having two minutes in um, this is the end, like stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's what his best roles are. Like I, I never saw the magic Mike movies and if they're good, great. I'm, I'm glad that people enjoy them and that he did a good job in them. Yeah. Uh, obviously it's a personal story. So maybe that's why he's done a really great job with them, but his like quote unquote dramatic roles will say just don't really work out mm-hmm. because he doesn't have the ability for it. He has a talent for comedy, whether he chooses to exercise it or not. Like, yeah, he has it, a natural gift for it. He, he definitely does. Cause I think about like, what you just said, like uh, what they try to do with um, John Cena, like if you like making him funny, I think about this is a very specific line in 21 jump street. I feel like if, Nobody else is going to be able to deliver the my name Jeff line. <laughs> my name Jeff. <laughs> like I feel like I could see like John Cena delivering that and just folding flat. Just because yeah. there was it was it was something about the nervousness and like that's what he had like he you know he's like this this good looking guy like this fit guy but he always 
he's always kind of playing like in those comedy bits. Like it's like there's almost like a little bit more timidness to it. Yeah, and it's I think that's what makes it funny. It's like the the lack of confidence. Yeah, because there's like this cognitive dif- dissonance between like. Oh, this guy should be like authoritative, assertive, like confident. And mm-hmm. Instead, he's kind of like delivering a line and then like backing away. Yeah. Which like, actually, you know? I think the playing the the sense the more sensitive doof like character. I think that's also why like uh, John Cena was actually really funny. Uh, Trainwreck, I think, for a similar reason. Um, I never actually saw that one, but I heard he was good in it. Yeah, that's well. That's it's the same thing. I I appreciated him in the movie blockers, which isn't a great movie, but it is pretty funny. Mm. And they played him against type. Like he plays this like super jacked, obviously because any role he's in, he's super jacked because that's what he is, Mm. but he's just like kind of a dweeby suburban dad. Yeah. And like, he tries to be like macho and alpha in a situation or two, but it's like inauthentic to the character he's playing. He looks the part, but then he quickly dissolves from that part <laughs> and doesn't live up to like he doesn't cash the check that his mouth writes. Yeah, and it's like it's funny because he's playing against type. I like that. That's probably the best role I've seen him in. Even though again, not saying it's any sort of great movie, but I actually appreciated him in that movie because he. It's so that's not what this guy should be playing, yeah. and yet he's playing it so well. Oh, man. I really want to watch 21 and 22 Jump Street again. I caught like 20 minutes of 22 Jump Street yesterday. Cynthia! <laughs> you're dead. You're dead. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally turned on two minutes before the scene where they go into the captain uh, captain's office when the captain has found out that Schmidt had sex with his daughter mm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And oh. what I love about that scene is it's like a hard transition they're just sitting in his office and Channing Tatum has no idea what's going on. And Jonah Hill is just strapping body armor onto himself. Yeah. And Channing Tatum's looking at him like, why are you putting that on the office? Looking back. And he's just like thousand yard stare ahead, strapping the body armor on him while Ice-T is staring daggers at him. Ice, no, Cube. Ice Cube is staring daggers at him, holding a gun, not like branching at him. It's sitting on the desk, but very clearly pointed at him. Yeah. Just how that scene starts. Right. And then having Shadow Tatum <laughs> jumping around the room when he makes yes. the connection is so is so good. Uh, there is have you seen any of the trailers for this movie with uh with Channing Tatum and Sandy Bullock and Daniel Radcliffe? My parents went to see it this weekend. I, I didn't see it at Do you know I, what it's about? Yeah, like would she like write a book and he's like the like the cover model of the book or something like that? <laughs> yes. And but he wants but like I guess he thinks he's the character or wants to be that character. Is he method? Is he method acting <laughs> the character of a book that he modeled for the cover of? But then, but then some some guy kidnaps Sandra Bullock and believes that the treasure that she's written about is actually real and wants oh, her God. to help him find it. And he Channing Tatum wants to be the hero. Wait, that, did you see it? No, I just okay. I, it's a very long trailer. Okay, I didn't see the trailer. I saw like two seconds of it. I've seen like the, the um the promotional like just like like stills and stuff for it, and I was like, that looks so dumb. Like it might be fun, but it looks so dumb. I didn't actually hear whether they liked the movie or not. I it it, it does. It, so. it looks. It definitely looks so dumb. But like then when I when I found out those those specifics of the mechanics of the movie, I was like, I'm kind of interested <laughs> in, in the absurdity. I was interested, just not enough to go to a theater when I was tired sure. on a Friday night. 
But uh, okay, so back to Revengeman buttons. He's so the I liked the switching back and forth into the real world with the oh, okay. guy that plays him, and then so awkward. But the mom in the background vacuuming when he's like, and to have Channing Tatum switching between talking to them and then yelling at the mom where he's like turning his body and he's just shouting into the void because this because the character the, the actual player is talking to the mom when yeah. he's like when. He's like, God, mom, could you have to do that right now? You're 22 years old living in my house. There is no God. The way it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It was so funny. It, it's so ridiculous. I uh, I also really loved that, that secret lair. Yeah. The there was, was kind of fun. Well, it, there was a few secret layers and they were all kind of cool. Yeah. Little, little stash houses. Yeah. What? Um. I, even though it was in the trailer, I, I did appreciate the whole thing where they're making their big escape. Where after he's just first started leveling up, you know, is that is that a gun in your pocket? Yes, actually. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's two guns. It's uh, two guns. Whatever it was. Yeah, <laughs> that that whole thing, you know, where he's falling in love in that moment. They almost die because he almost crashes the motorcycle because they jumped and he doesn't have a parachute. And like again, video game. Oh, here, let me just pull a hang glider out of my ass, and yeah. we're just gonna like float to safety. Like again, thinking about like oh, a Grand Theft Auto style video game or any of those other like Battlefield, whatever game. Like where oh, I've just jumped out of a plane. Oh, here's just a parachute out of my ass, yeah. and we're gonna fall <laughs> fall to safety. <laughs> I love when I love when he's in when guy is in Millie's lair or Molotov Girl's lair, and she's like getting her armor and stuff set up for the next thing that she's going to go do. And he's, he's level one. He has no idea what's going on. And he's like, he keeps like touching things and trying to do what she's doing. And she's like, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is my level. This is yours. One. Is that the best? (laughs) This is so so innocent. And then he does a tremendous job of that level of innocence where it's like, there's a wink and a nod, but also like kind of sort of rings is, like it's it's like no one could possibly be this innocent, yeah. but instead it's also like a forty year old man who's like good looking, attract like you know, like like physically fit, all that stuff is like no one can be that like idyllic model of that and be so childlike awe that he <laughs> like portrays, and yet also he can still pull the other sides of it as well, like this like the acerbic or the sarcastic, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's a uh, there's a scene where I feel like he channels uh, Pete Holmes' Batman uh, early on when he confronts the robber for the first time and twists the shotgun around and takes the glasses and he blows a hole in them and <laughs> Buddy's like, "Oh my God, you kill him! He's in he's, he's just in pieces. Like, he's just really tired, <laughs> so <laughs> sleepy." <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Uh, <laughs> and then the other, another piece that I really enjoy. Well, well, going back back to Guy and know how he does things. I liked this whole idea of like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna play the game by being the good guy, and then like it moving the community to being like to thinking about like oh, some of the things that we do in these games is kind of shitty. Yeah, <laughs> that that whole thing was really cool. Yeah, the, the the idea of the meta campaign for like be more like guy. Let's all be nicer and enjoy like yeah. Because like I, that feels like it's definitely much more like a single player thing, not a like multiplayer MMO type of thing. Yeah, right. Like 
the disgust on her face as she has to fight out the words of, I guess you could play the nice path. <laughs> that is a justifiable way to do this. Like it's so flat and monotone, but like intentionally. So like, like it's not like a poor, like it was just like, she's so like reviled by the idea of that. Like as if like, there are like entire generations of people playing something like a mass effect or whatever, like on like the Paragon style play. Like, in fact, probably two thirds of people play like something like mass effect, like Paragon like style where it's like, there's benefits to not being a douche all the time. Like sometimes people will have your back after all of that. Right. And ultimately that's what happens, right? All the other NPCs back him because of how heroic and kind that he was, as well as the campaign of other players and the, people outside of the game just observing the game like creating this viral marketing campaign (laughs) to free guy yeah yep (laughs) oh man i i also i love when he's rallying the rest of the npcs and he's giving he's like (laughs) billy how many banks are robbed every day in your world barely any like it's 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 not (laughs) how many corpses do you see on a daily basis None, None guy. How in, how much gun violence is there? In, actually, guy, that's a that's a real problem. Oh wow, I did not see that coming. <laughs> a lot, a lot. It's a real problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that's funny. Just the, the lots of like little bits of commentary throughout it. Just really made for a fun watch for sure. I loved. <laughs> <laughs> talking to the hostage character and we like you can choose to put your arms out oh, it just guy. doesn't feel natural <laughs> <laughs> and when they end up when they finally end up in like that oasis at the end uh other life what is it called i forget what the name of their game was but that where you just yeah, watch npcs evolve and he he runs into buddy who he was missing terribly and he's like guy buddy guy <laughs> like, I just, I rode a centaur. <laughs> it was half man, half horse. It was weird, but I loved it. <laughs> and then you yeah. see the centaurs like five minutes later. I rode a dude. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I kind of liked too when we thought Buddy was lost forever, and like guy kind of sort of begrudgingly becomes friends with dude. Also, I think along the lines of that was he was gonna. Try and teach him to be a gentler dude. Yeah. That whole thing where they're walking down the street's like, I guess you're my best friend now. And like, but then I also kind of felt bad for dude when Buddy shows up and Guy just leaves him cold turkey. And it's like, oh, like, couldn't you guys all be friends? You're like in Utopia now. Like, I feel they'll shouldn't, be, shouldn't, they'll, shouldn't they'll a Buddy be, be a friend with a guy who's a friend with a dude? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I like when he's, when Guy snapped. On the old lady with the cats. Uh, and he's like, kind of sad. here's an idea. Close the door. <laughs> he's like, they're not, they're not making a little kitty ladder and open and jimmying the knob. They don't have thumbs. They don't have thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, also, all of the NPCs in the coffee shop when the barista decided to make, to start learning how to do other drinks. Mm-hmm. Really funny. And then <laughs> when Keys is going through the logs of the NPCs that are evolving, and he's like, she wrote, like, a novel. <laughs> and it's it's really good. 
<laughs> like some of it's a little bit on the nose, but it's very poignant. And it's, <laughs> you just go, and she's like, she's like, Millie has to like rein him in. I also loved that. Like, I love, I love a silly, like a, a stupid, even if it's like on the nose and in your face, like uh romantic aspect to any sort of comedy movie like this. Like obviously these, the, the guy loves the girl. It is. It's been it, obvious since they showed that first like interview of them. Yeah. Like, prior to being bought. It's out. insane that she doesn't know. Like that's just a complete the le- the level of not knowing. Plot. Yeah, it's it's completely Baker's insane. Belief. And then, uh, but then I love that Mouser's the audience, and then he's like, "We're at the end of the movie," and he's like, "Can you like?" He's like, he's basically like, "Yo, <laughs> talk to her." And then when she finally realizes what's going on, I love that he just goes, "Finally," <laughs> <laughs> the voice of the audience. That's yep. so good. What a treat. Uh. Any, uh, what else you got on this guy? Free guy? This guy, yeah. The free one. The free <laughs> one over here. Oh, um, sorry. What? One mechanic thing that I thought was brilliant was, I do this every day and I don't know why. When he brings her to the... <laughs> when he brings Millie back to his apartment and he's he's flicking the shades open and close and he's been doing that the whole movie when he's in his apartment before he leaves. The whole concept of, like, they scrubbed the location from the site, but didn't remove the reflections. That yeah. was awesome to me. Although I was a little confused as to like the whole point of like why he was doing it subconsciously. I, so he had a, well, he, I guess from what I understood is like, he probably was closing or, or opening the shades at one point and noticed it. And that's probably one of the smaller branches in his AI developing was like, Oh, there's something here. And okay, he like retained I, it. I guess so, but it's just like he kept doing it, not realizing why he was doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, so unless it was one of those things where it's like, you know, when you're playing a game and you're like, I know I'm supposed to do something here, but I'm not sure what. Yeah. And you just kind of like run around there or hit like the action button or whatever mm-hmm. to see if something happens. If like that was supposed to be the equivalent of that, where it's like, I know I'm supposed to make this connection, but I can't. Right. Maybe. So maybe, maybe that's what it was Could then. Be. Could be. It was kind of cool that that's the way it all broke out. Like, I also don't understand how, like, what did you say his name was? Was it Keys? Yeah. How I don't understand how Keys never like he was working on that game for how many years. How we never noticed like the code was based on. That. Yeah, I guess in in theory, like it wouldn't be that one location that the reflection exists. Sure, I just like you would think there would be something, especially when you consider the power draw of something that ultimately is an AI. Like, and that's probably the one time that they got something quote unquote wrong in this from like a technical perspective, right? Like is like an artificial intelligence draws such a tremendous amount of like literal energy or it would be bandwidth or like, like processing power mm-hmm. in this case, like that should be a pretty obvious red flag. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm a little, I'm willing to give a little bit on that because of like how many players they have and how much data they're processing and storing in that server room. But my point is the person who wrote it, I'm not saying like if it was, Anyone else who's just come to work on the game, maybe be like, huh, something seems off here, but never have investigated it necessarily. But for the person to have written it, being on the inside, to not notice it, seems off. Especially when you consider the rumors and accusation that they were stealing that code, you would have thought that he would have investigated that at some point. I have, uh, I will, while while we're on this topic, I do have one tremendous um, plot hole issue, Mm -hmm. um, story mechanic issue, too. So, Great when he's just destroying the servers. That well, that 
that, pieces of the game would just be breaking like the whole thing. Would have just how it's yeah, no, that. I'm fine. I'll, I'll I'll let that one slide. This one is actually I got legit. it too. Even though I'm like, man, that's just not how that yeah. works. <laughs> this is like a legit. This is a legit issue. Uh, is that which one? It what was started off as a very funny scene of like guy and Millie hanging out, getting ice cream, going on swings, and he's like, I want to kiss you or whatever. However it came, and she's like, Do you know how to do that? And he's like, Yeah, and he does it. And you know she's falling in love with this NPC, which is really funny. That whole concept, and but Keys being like, "There's not a button for that." that, This conversation was great. She's like, "Oh, there's a button for that." She goes, "Oh, he, oh, he found the button," and he's like, "Keys, like, okay, okay." That that whole exchange is really funny. But there's something very important in that scene of there isn't a button for that. A player can't do that. Yeah, but she kisses him to reboot. His circuits on like uh, memory, yeah, that so that, a, and that, that can't plot hole. That obviously can't happen based on what they said. No, nope, that's a very good point. But, although, but I'm willing to forgive it because I just don't care, and it was fun. Yeah, no, it's true, and you know, it's sometimes unfortunately you do run into those things where it's like, okay, this is gonna create a plot hole, but we literally don't have another way to advance this story slash character stuff here. So, this is one of those funny things too, where like, uh, I guess, I guess you know the way they could have. The way they could have fixed that somewhat and salvaged it would have just been like if she grabbed and says, just kiss, kiss me. me and he yeah. kisses her and that's what triggers the memory. Right. Like that would have been a fairly elegant, but it also would have it, removed her, her agency. And the whole point was that like she now actually wants to kiss him because she's in love with him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they just wrote themselves into a corner. Yeah, I, I will say. So I this was something that popped up for the first time I watched it and again, didn't care, didn't care the second time I watched it. But Watching movies with Kim is really fun because the the random things that she will point out out of like when, when it's like I'm not sure if you're fully invested in the movie or not so like I wouldn't expect this like <laughs> she's having a good time along the way at the end of it she like she ended up loving the movie but as soon as soon as she grabs him and kisses him she goes there's no button for that <laughs> <laughs> no that's good that is a definitely a, a level of investment in what's going on. That proves how much she enjoyed that movie. So that's yeah. good. <laughs> that and she also was like, I, this was my pick. This would have been my pick for best picture. <laughs> Which I appreciate that as well. Yeah. I, I mean, if we're being honest, as far as enjoyment of watching a movie goes, I definitely enjoyed watching this movie more than I enjoyed watching any of the best pictures. Really? Yeah. Like, they're all good. But like, this is I, like entertainment value. This is high. Those yeah. are, you know, the good ones were more statement pieces and dramas. Uh, but like, it's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, you know, what's the movie? Well, what's the movie this... I enjoyed watching? Like, I like sitting there watching the movie. Like, I enjoyed the most this year. Well, for I mean, for me, you know, it probably would have been up between Dune and Night Morale. Mm-hmm. Um, this was obviously good and enjoyable too. But like, I would have put those two up above. Um, this one yeah um it could have been the fan vote for like best cheerworthy moment <laughs> like that moment that we all th- think about and cheered um the when the flash went into the flash zone or the time zone whatever it was you know the thing that i can't even remember what it's called because that was clearly the best and biggest and cheer most cheerworthy oh moment. oh uh yeah <laughs> i know, I know what you're talking about yeah when he when he rewound time and broke everything also, I, 
Was that even from the movie or was that from the Snyder that's Cut? Not, it, said, it was the Snyder Cut. Oh, yeah, sorry. I, I forgot. But you know what? No, it was from Zack Snyder's Justice League. I will not humor the Snyder Cut any longer. Sure. Uh, regardless, um, an inherent flaw in that whole thing because like, the whole point was a cheerworthy moment when you're in the theater and that never got a theatrical release. So. It didn't? Didn't the Snyder Cut just release on HBO? I thought it was day and date. I, oh, I mean, it, uh, I mean, it came out during the pandemic. You're so, right. Yeah, it, so it probably did. No, it might have had a limited theatrical release, but it wasn't a full theatrical release. That's a good release. point. Yeah, I don't know. That's funny though. Yeah, that's just a that is just an arbitrary thing that they put on the screen. Sure. Uh, no, it was it was voted online by the fans. It was of course spammed by the same people who spammed. It, to also, the I mean that's wrong cut. though, because it, it is absolutely the Avengers Assemble. Yeah, not even a question. I mean, it's like if they had put that one number five on the list, it'd be like, okay, whatever, fine. But the fact that it was number one, like all the the four that were behind it, was all like blow that one out of the, yeah. the water yeah. and like like objectively not even subjectively like I, I, objectively I, I, just, whether or not i love the scene like yeah no people reacted to that moment was, no one no say, one remembers no I one was, talks about that moment to, was like, to be clear i was there it was insane the movie theater got yeah. loud it was awesome <laughs> there's a reason that it went viral online people sharing videos from their theaters when that happened yeah. in the avengers movie I've never seen a single reaction video to anyone watching that scene from the Just League. Yeah. It just flatly didn't happen. I don't know. Speaking of Avengers, I don't know if you... Did you go into Elio's room while you were here? I did not ever actually go into the room, uh, no. I should have I walked you in there because there is a... Kim got me for Christmas this awesome um, wood cutout sign signage that says i love you 3000 on it that we have hanging oh on script. that's nice awesome i love it <laughs> don't worry don't worry when you're when your son is old enough i'll i'll, I'll get him all the cheeseburgers he wants <laughs> oh wait a minute am i dead <laughs> no, you, you, you oh. can be there too oh, i'm just okay. gonna give him the cheeseburger okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness <laughs> oh man i can't wait to watch all those movies with him it's gonna be good god i hope he likes them <laughs> He's not gonna have a choice. If you show it to him when he's young enough, he'll like it. Mm, that's true. That's true. He's already got all most of the Star Wars under his belt. I was just thinking about something about like you watching something with him in a couple of years. I don't remember what it was now. It might have been something I messaged you or told you about it, and maybe not. I don't remember. I know I was thinking about something about like that in particular the other day. Um, how are you gonna show him the Star Wars movies? Are you gonna show him chronologically or release order? Release order? Yeah. I don't know. I go back and forth on that all the time. I just think it's it's just a unique. I, I feel like as as far as my appreciation for movies from the entertainment aspect and like from just film and the business itself, I'm fascinated by. I feel like it's. I want to kind of expose him to it that way. It's, I mean, and that's so far how he has seen it, but he doesn't know anything about that. I think release order. <laughs> I think release order makes sense if you're showing it to an adult for the first time. Hmm. I think. If you're showing it to your five-year-old son, chronological probably makes more sense because it's a lot easier to explain the story that way. Mm. I don't know. Well, you got you got a few years to figure that out. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I guess it depends on what age he starts watching them. Yeah, but you're probably right about that. About it being more comprehensive. That being said, I feel like he'll be able to figure it out. Also, I welcome any questions. Sure. Also, it's going to be kind of cool to go through it at that point because you can go like super, super chronological if you choose to do that. Because like you could watch episode one, and then you could watch episode two, and then you could watch all of Star Wars Rebel, uh, Star Wars: uh, The Clone Wars before you watch episode three. That's true. That could be fun. 
Maybe maybe that's what we'll do. The cat the current canon chronological yeah. order. <laughs> well, I'm also just picturing like what five years from now, what is that? What are the changes to that that we see? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you know, because then you you know, because then you can watch because then you could pl- like play Jedi Fallen Order together. Yeah. Like you could watch the Bad Batch and then you could play Jedi Fallen Order. And then you can watch Solo and Rogue One. And then you can watch episode four. Oh and boy. Then, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh boy. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun, Al. I'm pretty pumped about it. Any more on Free Guy? Which Batman I, movie do I show him first? <laughs> those you could probably show him in like whatever orders you you want. Pro- I mean, you probably probably show him Batman Begins first. I don't know. No, because then it gives you an excuse to then immediately watch Dark Knight with him. That's true. Yeah, except you just I feel like you have to wait a little bit longer. Oh, you definitely have to start those later. I mean, you're watching the animated series with him now. Not that he's going to remember yeah. it, but. Yeah. Another reason why I had to reactivate HBO. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you let it lapse considering you were like watching that with him every day. Well, I it, it's been a it's been a while. Like that was when we would have to spend a lot of time like sitting there with the bottle. Um now I I, I mean like I kind of make a point of him not seeing it a screen. I don't want it to be like a thing. Mm. Um so like occasionally like I had it on but like we don't really I don't really watch it, watch anything. We don't. We usually don't even have the TV on um, when he's in the room, mm. just because it's so it's such an attention grabber. Yeah, um, that's another one of those things that's definitely. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with it, right? But like, you definitely have to, especially the younger they are, you have to really focus on how much of it you're giving them and what it is that you're giving them, right? Like, you have to be really specific and strict in, like, like putting quotas on that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Especially with everything that is available and how easy it's access today. Like it could, you could, I mean, you could have it on all the time. You could have it on yeah. all the time. And it's such a high fidelity that it's like, yeah. ah, that's life. <laughs> like yeah. I will, I'll call like my parents or I'll call my sister on like a, on a video chat and um, he'll, he'll be super engaged with it because he recognizes them. And mm-hmm. you know they're talking, and he's making he's babbling at them and stuff like that. So like that 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 type of screen thing, I'm okay with. Yeah, that seems fine, right? Because it's like he's... just communication. Yeah, um, it's the less, it's the more one size. And I, also, he's he's at, he, also he's that's so that fun. like a limitless thing that he's gonna do for eight hours. Exactly, so. exactly. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how it goes. There's, I'm sure there's gonna be days. <laughs> yeah. But, well, I, I, you know, I, I go back and forth on this, like when you're out in public or you watch like friends or extended family or something like, let me be clear up front. Like I'm not actually judging. I still over years of this, have not formulated my full final opinion on mm. this, but I go back and forth all the time when like I watch someone who has got like a three year old kid and they just like hand them like an iPad. Yeah. I just like, I will say I'm anti iPad. I'm anti yeah, iPad I, in the public setting. Like if you're out, if you're at a dinner, if you're at something like I want, I want to engage. Yeah. And well, not just that, but it's like I get it's at a certain point you've reached like your like the limit of your patience. Sure. Well, yeah, I will and, actually you know what? There's a, there, and you need help. You need a fourth month. Every, like, I do get it. Everything with the asterisk of like it depends, right? Like because my yeah. my brother in law just told me this really funny story about how they went out to dinner with a couple. I meant to ask him. I, I meant to ask him when I was there how Mike and the family were doing, and they, I just they, they, never got around to it. They, there's a there's a there's another one on the way. 
Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. We have awesome. a, another another nephew on the way. Um, but anyway, they went out to dinner with a couple of friends. This is a, it's really funny that you you mentioned that. And they, it's uh, so it was Mike and Tara and James, and then their friends, and they have I think believe they have two baby two kids. One that's around James' age. One that's a that's that's a maybe around Elio's age. And they went out to dinner, and like they thought that it was going to be like a quick, you know. 45 minutes to an hour then they were going to go have some pizza at this place. Yeah. They they were there for like 45 minutes before somebody even took their drink order. Oof. And then it was like another 30 minutes before they got the drinks <laughs> and the appetizers. And then they ordered. Food. So they were, they ended up being there for like three and a half hours or something ridiculous yeah. like that. I think at that point they gave them whatever they could for like, the kids were losing it. <laughs> like, yeah, so like, like, like fully it, losing it in in that situation. Like, I get it. Like, <laughs> I do. The the thing that to me, like, where again, I'm not saying I've come up with my final opinion and I'm like raining judgment, but like, where it's just like I kind of cock my head. It's like, really, is I'll see someone sit down to dinner, yeah. and the second everyone's seated, they just hand the iPad yeah. to the kid. Yeah. It's like that. It's like be over that's there. That's such a crutch. No, it just feels like a, it's like a crush. Like. You haven't figured out how to parent. I don't mean it like a leashing them type of way, but like you haven't figured out how Leash to kid? to no like <laughs> communicate to the kid, and you're creating a dependency for the kid where he is not going to be able to learn how to self soothe mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I would assume that there is going to be ultimately negative ramifications to that generation of kids who are raised that way. I say sure. that quote unquote raised that way. 100% of kids aren't going to be raised that way. I don't even know if it's 80%. I don't know if it, even know if it's going to sure, be 60%, but sure. it's it's a statistically like material amount of kids who cuz I've seen that phenomenon yeah. a bunch of times. Same. Like that's not like a one-off thing. It's like, yeah, everybody sits down. Like I it's funny. I've seen that happen at a restaurant where it's like three kids and like as soon as they sit down like they all have something and like nobody's engaging. It's like that can't be that can't be good, yeah. right? Like that's just my assumption is that it can't be good. I would assume so. But on the on the other hand, like I could like to the point you're making, I like the three. Like when we lived in Fishkill, mm-hmm. um, that was we moved there when I was nine, and we lived there for almost a year, and so I was nine, turned ten, my brother was four, turned five towards the end of when we were there, um. No, sorry. He was f- he was five, turned six towards the end when we were there. Gianna was one, turned two. Actually, after we moved out of there, like within a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And I remember us going. There was a restaurant. Like we lived in, there was like a big apartment complex or condo complex that had just been built there. We we were living there for it was a temporary assignment when my dad had moved jobs. We lived there for the assignment was for a year. We were set to live there for a year. He ultimately, obviously, ended up renewing to stay there. We ended up building a house while we were there, moved at not even quite a year because we didn't even finish the year out there. But mm-hmm. obviously, we still had to probably pay for that, whatever was left of that lease. But there was like a decent, I, I'm, a, I'm pretty sure it was a chain, it's a Charlie Brown steakhouse. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it's a pretty solid chain. It's probably like a step above like Applebee's, but not like anything crazy. But you know, we would go there maybe once a month or so once every six weeks it was a nice night out for us yes yeah. and 
I mean, you just heard the ages of us. You know, it was nine, five, and and one ish. Yeah, and like the, the, it was super busy there all the time because it was in the middle of a major intersection in that town. It was probably the like the quote unquote nicest of like there was no Applebee's yeah. or TGI Fridays or Ch- Chili's like in that area. Like mm-hmm. there was some fifteen or twenty minutes away, but there was the only one right there, and. You just had a ton of people moved into that condo complex. It was literally like almost across the street. Like it's yeah. less than a mile away. So I'm sure there was a huge influx of those people there. We would always go on like a Saturday night. So it's like the busiest you could be. And yeah. we would always be there for like two and a half hours. Cause like, even if you make a reservation, you're still waiting 20 minutes to get your table, mm-hmm. even though you've made the reservation. And then once you get there, it's packed. Yeah. So it takes forever for them to get. So like, by the time we got the food, we've been there for an hour. So like, just, a year and a half old and like she's getting finished. Like this is before screens existed, yeah. right? Like, like screens were like a game boy. <laughs> there was no smartphones. There was no iPad. Right. Like, and I do remember my parents being flustered with that, especially cause like they couldn't have a date night. We didn't have anyone sure. who could take care of us. So we had to just go out with them. And like, I was fine at that point. Like I was fine. Like, especially like, I loved all the food there. So I was excited. Like we're going to the restaurant. I'm getting some delicious food. Yeah. I'm good. Dominic was for the most part, pretty good, but like still hit or miss. Like at that age, you're kind of hit or miss, yeah. right? Like if you're in a situation you want to be in and like, he was kind of the same mind of me. He's like, Oh, we're going to have some like good food. I love chicken fingers. I know I'm going to get them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Great. Like whatever. I'm hungry. You know, but like it's a baby. Like, yeah. <laughs> so like I, but I remember like thinking back it's like, man, like, yeah, John was, would spend probably a good 60% of the time, like total time we spent in Charlie Brown's crying. Like, yeah. No matter what day we were there, it's like, yeah, that does seem like quite a burden. So like, I, I do understand the impulse sure. to like, just hand off the screen, sure. but it's like, on the other hand, it's like, I, I, that just can't be good as like a long-term strategy. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I've grown up with, I got I got computers and game systems like later on like I got like hand me downs like a second generation stuff I believe I've 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 told you I've I've written school papers on a typewriter so like I I it took a minute for me to get into the and now and now I do it for a living right um I'm in front of which is funny because from from my perspective I I was even further behind than you were yeah yeah <laughs> for sure and then uh but it's it's interesting because it's like I. I very much appreciate like the occasional like complete disconnect. Like I, I mean, I'm also you know you you know you've texted me. I'm I'm bad with a response to text because sometimes I'll just leave it in another room. Like I don't mm-hmm. you know. So like I, but I try. Well, oh, we we sat on the floor tonight for like thirty minutes and played with these little cups that he has. And like like I'd like much rather like, like do like he does seem to like, like that uh, like yeah. tactile stuff. I'll put mu- I'll put music on a lot. I'll bring him down here. I'll play the piano with him, play the guitar with him. Like just like, and, and cause he's just, he's just engaged with you doing those things. Yeah. Um, so it's fun. And I think that eventually, you know, he'll probably, he'll, he'll love to, he'll love screens too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll show him video games eventually. Oh, and, and to be fair, I'm guessing you guys probably haven't gone out to dinner with him a lot. We have not gone out at all. Not, not to a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. That was my assumption. Yeah. But like, even if it was once or twice, mm-hmm. like, Still close enough to what I'm getting at, and you can't exactly pull your guitar out of your ass for right. yeah. dinner, for, right? Like for you, sure. you can't pull the entire cups out and play with them for half an hour at dinner. Yep. So like that'll be a test for, for you. For sure. Guys. Yeah. I and, I I specifically I have no intention of bringing anything to make that an option. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, like I specifically also try not to use my phone around him because I know that he's his he gets he like locks in on it. Yeah. Uh, so I just try to avoid that altogether too. So we'll see how it but goes. But on the other hand, it's like impossible to avoid it entirely. Like, well, like you know, what's life fascinating? continues to exist. Like between work, social, whatever. Yeah. Like you do need it. Like we are all o- probably over reliant on it, and yet it's also an inextricable fact that you require. That's it that's that's point. absolutely true. You know, what's really fascinating to me is a static screen with no movement is also fascinating to him, which I find to be hilarious. Like that is that is like. <laughs> I will walk past the thermostat, which has a flat digital screen with nothing moving on it, and he'll he'll just lock in on it. And be like, "Yo, seventy degrees!" Like, like he's just like he's like, <laughs> like, "What is going on?" It's a uh, it's fun. but ramblings aside, we've had two tremendous sign offs the last two. Weeks. I I agree. Did you have a, Did you have anything left on the movie? We're gonna have to come up with like flicks and a six and life and life the show and life. Now. That's what it is. And f- flicks and a six with bread in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm good on the movie. Well, then we that's a, all. We had a good time. That's all for this week's episode. Of flicks and a six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to discuss, what? No, a movie for us to review or nuggets for <laughs> us to discuss, or or if you have life ramblings that you would like us to go on, you can send those requests to Flicks of the Six at thespintune.com. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanza. I'm Al Bielsi. I always say until then, even then. <laughs> I'm Anthony Costanza. Oh, so there's a condition in which you would not. I guess. That, <laughs> I that phrasing. I feel like that's what it implies. Um, what are you going to do? Thanks for coming out.